Certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned in to the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Sitting across from me, my partner, co-host. Californian elegant barbarian here to remind everybody that this country was once Indian. Yeah, we're gonna take that shit back. Alright. That's some stripped down Sioux shit right there. Hell yeah. Hey man, you better act right when this music comes on. That's right. Right? You better act right. Old Blue Eyes with a twinkle in his eye on sound. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional. Engineer for the hard luck show. Oh, yeah. Who is that? Come on. This ghetto boys. Ghetto boys. Okay. Ghetto boys and some stripped down Sioux Indian shit. Move along to the next trick. I mean, where else are you going to hear a mix between fucking American Indian shit and the Ghetto Boys? What yeah. other show? Oh, I love that what, shit right there. What other show would do that? What other show? <sighs> the Hard Luck Show. Yeah. Now, who's that? Sean, you're the music man. You're yeah, sound music, engineer. Who's that? Come on. If you don't know what that is, there's gonna be penalties. There's gonna be hell to pay. Penalties to pay. The American Indian way will hold your head over a small flame and slowly cook your brain. Well, we also have another guest. Do we? Yep. He's going to tell us a little about... You know what? I want you to first tell us a little bit about why this is your intro song. Why is this your intro song, Mr. Guest? Oh, well... <laughs> I guess we'd have to go all the way back up to Juneau, Alaska, where I was born. Um... This is Jim Pepper, and my dad went up into Alaska. I believe he lived in Pelican, which is southeast Alaska, close to Juneau. And he went up to go fishing. Jim Pepper is the musician who was his one of his running buddies. And uh, they went up there in the 60s to hang out, kind of be free, um, fucking chop wood, live off the land, live off the, um, 
the ocean up there, and um, that's where I ended up being born, in Juneau, Alaska, in 1972. Elias Seneca White Crow of the Seneca Cayuga tribe. Right on. Yeah. Red yeah. power. Red power. Yes, sir. All, all day in the house. Yes, sir. You know what? Wait a second. Um, I'm listening to this and I'm hearing piano and saxophone. Yeah. What was Jim Pepper playing? Jim Pepper, I believe he was the saxophone player. And your dad? And my dad was, I think he was, I think my dad was into saxophone and might have played at some point. Um, I had a weird relationship with my dad who just recently passed away, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that, man. August 6th was my birthday. Hmm. Um, and he died 23 minutes into the next day. So on wow. August, August 7th, he was suffering from uh, diabetes. Hmm. They went to go chop off his uh, right leg and right. Then his heart just couldn't. Couldn't Keep, take it. Yeah, couldn't take it. So it took about a month for them for him to go, but he finally did. So that was wow. tough. And then so this song gives me, uh, yeah, yeah, makes me uh, a lot so, of heart. Yeah, uh, I guess when he met my mom, this was a the witchy tie toe was a song that they played when I was younger. So okay. that, it has right. like yeah, some. You grew up, yeah, it yeah. has deep meaning. Yes, yeah. sir. It's yeah. like Witchy Taito <clears throat> by Jim Pepper. You can go on Spotify and get the uh, album. It's called The Path. It's interesting. It seems like it's a mix of jazz and Native American. Exactly, yeah. He was, he was super, uh, I think he was from the Oregon area where my dad originally came from Oklahoma. You might be related to some of these people, bro. I know I am, dude. But listen, listen to this. Just listen for a second. Yeah. This is interesting. Have you, you ever heard you American guys, Indian and jazz? Nah, that's what it is. It's dope. I thought maybe from the uh, from the title of it, I was like, is that? That's just fucking cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. You know, jazz might actually be. <laughs> That's dope, dude. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah. There's somebody that covers it too. These two guys, I forget what their names were, and they covered the song, and that's even a cool, real cool version, also. So we were talking outside and wait, Sean looks like he's trying to say something. Oh, Sean, you trying to say he, something? He rarely, he rarely, he's trying to say, man. What? <laughs> Sean rarely says anything. So when say he something. does say something, when I get close to the mic, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, what's he gonna say? Yeah. yeah, I say we still haven't introduced our guests, no, but that's what we're about yeah, to do. Yeah, that's yeah. why you shouldn't have said anything. All right, never mind. Go back. <laughs> your next first. No, I was gonna say something else. Oh, what's about the jazz? Well, then what? say it. Motherfucker! Yeah, why are you stringing it out? Uh, I, I was on the way over. I was listening to a, a story about this Ethiopian restaurant that uh, started playing jazz. They didn't even know the t the two people that opened didn't even know what jazz was. Yeah, and they opened this restaurant. They're having they're going through some troubled times due to COVID and all that. Okay, stuff. so uh, they uh, they invited some jazz players to to come in and play jazz. Uh, this place that was there before had played jazz. Okay. And so they learned to love jazz because of this. But I was just thinking about... Is this place in Culver City? No, it's in New York. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's not even in LA? <laughs> wait, so wait, where's the story going? Tell us where the story's going. The story oh, goes... Man. I'm just... No, don't go. <laughs> don't do the never mind shit. He always does that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's something about... <laughs> <laughs> that's not even me. That's the unnamed guest. No, so go, 
<laughs> Listen, please. Wait, Listen, wait, let's wait. get. Hey, no, wait, 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 wait. I just want to get to this point, Sean. <laughs> what was the point of that? The story? The point was that you know jazz really inspires you to. It, you know, it can grab you. You see somebody playing jazz and someone like riffing off of somebody else and and getting into that. There's there's no denying then, that. There's no mm. there's no. You feel that. You can you can. Yeah, feel we that. all know that, bro. <laughs> So we're talking about it, look at, man. Look at his face, dude. Okay. All right, no, but... but I thought the, there was getting to some point other than the obvious. No, no, I thought he was going to add something. Isn't that based off the Pythagoras theory? <laughs> I, dude, I think it's based off of the part cyborg human machine <laughs> unable to tap into his feelings. Keyboard in your <laughs> look brain. At his face. Yeah, dude. dude yeah, we're going to replay it for hey, you, let you listen to listeners. it, and you'll come to the same conclusion. Look at we that face. That's the face I look at when I'm busting his balls a little you know bit. What? He gets really pissed. Yeah. Like, he's Keep like, the camera on him because he did all that for some attention. Nah. <laughs> he's I, not he'll, getting he'll, enough camera. Look, Give this guy some more no, camera. No, no, no. He's going to listen. Right I know Sean, and he's going to say, He's going to say it wasn't for attention. Right now, he's having a feeling. No, he's going to say that. I don't know what it was for. Nobody knows. That's a mystery of the universe. But, and he's got a feeling in his heart right now. It's like, fuck you all. Fuck you all. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Don't be like that. I love you. Come on. Even if you like that. Listen, the point is is somewhat similar to that. Jazz is inspirational, and you really can't deny it because it's a true human feeling. Right? Right. Okay. That's all. That's it. And yeah. that's that might be modern music's closest cousin or affiliation to what it would have been like to be an American Indian pre-Columbus making music just because. Absolutely. All right. right. Now that now, we've, we've closed that loop together. I want now. Listen, we're outside talking and I'm a little I was running late today for you guys. Were you? Oh, yeah. Why were you running late? Because I was outside talking and, uh, you know, I got caught up in the mix. And uh, anyways. Me and my guests, I get people that tell me, uh, do you want me to introduce you as Lucky, as Steve, as Big? I'm like, okay. So we, wait. So we, had, a, wait, we had a conversation outside, me and you, and we talked about kind of like uh, Black Gasso's names that we got, and that we, you know? So I need you, I, you know, I need you to, I need you to give us your artistic name, your government name. Go Sweet. ahead. Sweet, yeah. Um, your, so, your government name is Sweet Sweet Yeah? yeah. Sweet Sweet Yeah. Okay. Sweet Sweet Yeah. Sweet Sweet Yeah. In the house. In the house. You got to include um, Indian name too. So I guess I'll pick up where I left off. Yeah. Was, I was up in Alaska, born to uh, Isaac Enyart and um, Megan Anderson. And uh, I was born Elias Seneca White Crow. Um, Elias is because there's a mountain up there called Mount Saint Elias. Okay, Go. and I have a uh, I have a sister that was named after of a after a mountain called Fairweather. Those mountains are kind of right next to each other. That was my dad's uh -huh. fucking crazy hippie thoughts. And um, I guess you know I was born up there and was there for about seven years. Um, mom and dad didn't get along. I ended up. Um, my dad ended up kidnapping me, actually, mm. at about mm. seven years old. He grabbed me out of a, uh, a window where I was, uh, I lived at this, um, right where some train tracks were. I was counting the train tracks, trains going by, and all of a sudden I turn and I see my dad mm. running at me, grabs me, and takes off with me for uh, maybe a couple days. Mm. Um, my mom had gotten into a religion called Sikhism. Mm -hmm. and Sikhism with the turbans yeah. correct yeah. 
Sikhs. Sikhs. Sikhism. Yeah, my wife practices Sikhism. Oh, really? S I K H. Correct. Right. Sikhism. Correct. Nah, big so, church on Robertson. So A K. So A K A Elias White Crow, A K A Siri Singh Khalsa, because my mom got into that religion. Her name became Satguru Kar Khalsa. Mm. And, uh, Satguru. 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 Yeah. And um, my sister became Siri Kar Khalsa. All the women share the last name Kar. All the men share Singh. Khalsa is the familial name. Right. right. This dude, Yogi Bhajan, came to the States. He's the one that kind of introduced the religion that comes from India to America. Yeah. That has a story that brings it to this modern day if who, you who uh go the, ahead. the lineage of um of, what's his name yogi bajan mm-hmm. is in some serious serious shit right shit now, now. Yeah. yeah why so what's the shit so, uh, so go ahead go ahead what uh, I'll, I'll go i'll know i'll tell you from my vantage point what well, wait do wait, wait just i want to check in real quick i just want to check in. have we actually gotten the name of the guest yet Hold on, it's coming. Okay. I'm right. working on it. So, <laughs> born, born Elias need to have to become Siri Singh Khalsa because of this Sikh religion. Right. Um, kidnapped by my dad. Some other shit happened in the neighborhood with a... Some shit happened. So, I was having a difficult time, and I think my mom was having a difficult time finding herself because she uh-huh. was in this religion. And I ended up getting shot down to um, uh, Española, New Mexico. They have a Sikh compound down there. Wait, from wow. Alaska? From Alaska. To New Mexico? By myself, yeah. Jesus Christ. My, my mom stayed up there with my sister. My sister later joined me, maybe How half a year later. How old are you at the Seven time? years old. Seven years old, yes, you sir. leave the people you know, and now you're with strangers in New Mexico. Is yes, that sir. about right? Yes, sir. Wow. wow. Um, so I lived there for about a year and a half. I lived with some other Sikh families and uh-huh. they have like, you know, I don't think they were even double wides. They were single wides, you know, lots uh-huh. of single wides all around. Um, I then, uh, at that time, Yogi Bhajan. Did would, you meet him? I did. Yeah. He was, he named me. Oh, wow. Siri Singh Khalsa comes from him. He named and Siri Kar Khalsa comes because that's my sister. Wait a second. Right? Yo- Yogi Budja? Bhajan. Yogi Bijan. Yogi Bijan. Yogi Bijan. But he's no relation to the fashion guy, Bijan. No. Okay. No, Bajan is B H A J A N, not B I J O N. Okay. Yo- yeah. Yogi Bajan. What did he look like? Mm, you'd have to look him up. You could look him up. But I mean. He's just a Sikh guy. All Sikhs have beards. All like a Sikhs big long turbans. Beard, yeah. Giant turban. Was it like a white turban? Mm, multicolored. And was he like in robes and shit? It's coming. Okay. It's coming. All right. Yeah. Hey. Um, so living in New Mexico for a couple years or a year and a half or so, and, um, Yogi Bhajan ends up sending, getting a lot of his students, which my mom was one of them to send their kids off to India. So from Española, New Mexico, I would go all the way to India in 1981 Mm -hmm. before it was cool. Before, way before it was cool. Right? Before all the white people went to India. If you look up near Nepal, there's yeah. a little place called Missouri. You'll see it right on the map. Shut the fuck up. You went to Missouri? Missouri. I've been in Missouri. Really? And I got sick in Missouri. It's in, in the, the Himalayas. Himalayas. Yeah. 
So Holy that's, fucking shit. I went to that a... There? I went to a you um, see that? You Indians be traveling, bro. But, but see, like, we're American Indians traveling to India. Yeah. yeah see what I'm what saying? So f- feather and dot. Right. Rolling. Right. Yeah, we ain't deep. even tripping. <laughs> like, if you have to stop and ask that question, you're too slow. Get Correct. the fuck out the way. We got shit to do. Yeah. Um, no so shit. For, yeah. So that took me... Uh, that was 81. I ended up being there probably till, like, 80... For four years. So from when I was nine years old to maybe about 13, 14 years old, I ended up coming back to America. Wait, um, wait, okay, hold on. Let's just, so you were in India for how many years? Four years. And were you studying at like an ashram or a, a no, there temple? Was a, there's a school called Guru Nanak Fifth Centenary School. What did they teach you It was you an English boarding school, which a lot, oh. if everybody knows about, you know what happened out there yeah um so the english still have a very big you know england conquered them yeah, and took their exactly. shit and then yeah. tried to change their society yeah, exactly. and pay the queen and yeah, all that yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. so so you're at a so boarding school to, but yep. did you learn any also indian religion stuff there oh yeah no i was fully well did you know like about chakras and meditation hold on oh we would wake up we would do sad sadhana is is a morning routine that you wake up and you do uh, stretching and meditation. So wow. I, as a young kid, I was practicing that. Wow. Um, what did it you... got a little bit weird when it went to India. Again, the religion in itself, Sikhism is a beautiful religion. Right. Yogi Bhajan is not. It's ending up being the greatest um, uh, hero these days because a lot of the shit that he put myself through so um he also put a lot of other women through a lot of bullshit because he sexually he touched them and he had sex with his secretaries and he was married and he had a kid you know i mean right so i mean it's taken on the same like a tone yoga bullshit Mm, it's taken on the same tone as we all know right you know what i mean that's you know but the argument to everybody is hey man seek religion like there's dudes that you'll meet seeks they don't even know who Yogi Bhajan is. Real Sikhs. Real Sikhs are like who? And like he just used the religion to get and gain notoriety. Here. Notoriety. Right, well, this guy was driving like a Rolls Royce yep. around. Right. Yeah, rings but, full of rings, all that shit. Like Liberace. Correct. And so a Sikh Liberace. Whatever you want to call him, look him up and look up the. I mean, there's tons of shit going on. I was supposed to be on a call where they were having, they were recording it because that was last night. This was a while ago. Oh, okay, another my, one. But a, yeah, my wife was on the call last night. Oh no went, way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, so there's investigations into the whole thing, and and they really want to out. There's people that really want to out this motherfucker. Okay, That's so so I just want to put a little note in here for all of us. Yes, sir. Right. So if there's any legal proceedings, all of us right now are talking based on opinion or speculation. No one knows anything for certain. For sure. Okay. Alleged. Alleged. Right. Yep. Everything is alleged. So don't yep. try. Okay. I'm an attorney, motherfucker, so don't try to pull that bullshit on us. <laughs> next is, the next yeah. is, is I also want to say, like, if we make any comments about, I just want this to go because everybody understands this. True Sikh religion or true religions in their purest form or spiritual whatevers are always going to have a bunch of motherfuckers that are using it for the wrong purpose. Yes, sir. All right. So that when we come, when we are uh, talking shit about those dudes, we are not really saying anything about the actual pure form or essence of the spirituality. Correct. All right. Now, having said that, one of my theories is, is that a lot of religion, as we experience it right now, I really think at the end of the day, even though they don't talk about it that much, it's really about sex. 
It's really about sex. I don't care if you're looking at a Christian situation, a Muslim situation, or whatever situation, even Buddhist situation, right? As um, Noah Levine let us know, mm -hmm. right? Levine. Levine. Is it Noah? <laughs> Is it Levine? It's actually money, sex, power. It's the same shit that you hear in the rap videos. It's right, money, but, sex, power. First my, you get the money, then you get the sex, then you get the power. So, I mean... But, 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 but it, okay. It's the same but overtones. It is, but I... print. I Okay, in that triad, in the holy trinity of money, sex, and power, right? I'm saying sex is really the primary one. Just like in Christian, it's like, well, okay, Jesus is really the right. primary. Right. It's really about sex because it, it, eventually you hear about like Bikram or whoever else, and they're like in the back, you know, doing naked push-ups on top of their people, telling them, well, this is going to cure you. Even the Catholics. Yeah. Even the, so how come, so it's really about sex. I mean, really. And you get down to it. Unless you're trying to liberate yourself on an individual basis and you're like, I am trying to discipline myself and transcend this bullshit. Right. But if you're following like a like a like a Jerry Falwell Jr., right? Evangelical guy who goes around and tells everyone how they should be sleeping with people is not gonna fucking vote for gay marriage. And then later he's taking pictures with his pants undone <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> and trying to stay as the head of a fucking Christian university. Let's not get lost. All right, all right. Anyway, okay, so go ahead. Back to uh Jeez. Travel Town. Mi Missouri. Right. <laughs> Back to Travel Town. Missouri, seven, um, you, four years. You Okay, so then So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm gonna, in a second, I'm going to catch you up to where and how I met Lucky. Yes. I'm almost there. Okay. All right? Um, India was a fucking hectic thing. Yeah. India, I had to endure a lot of, um, of caning. No and, shit. And um, physical abuse, mental abuse, all that type of shit. Um at the hands of Yogi Bhajan? No, Yogi Bhajan wasn't there. I mean, I, I didn't go out there with my mom, just to be clear. Right. You know what I mean? I went there out with a bunch of, like, my, me and my sister went in 81. I lived with her at the girls' school because I was in third grade. And third up to third grade, kindergarten to third grade, you'd be at the girls' school. And then you'd go around the hill. There was the boys' school. Fourth grade to, like, seventh grade I was there, maybe. And um, mom was out here. She was getting married to another guy that Yogi Bhajan was hooking her up with. Right. Um, so, so she would come out and visit us. But um, basically, we were on our own, you know. And um, you know, so, I mean, we lived. If you guys know where the Golden Temple is, mm -hmm. you guys are, are, are familiar Pico with the Golden Robertson. No, Golden Temple. Oh. The one in India. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Amritsar, the real Golden Temple. I, I lived right next to the, behind the Golden Temple in the Akal Tucket. Oh, wow. From Alaska via New Mexico, then India. Yep, sir. Uh, yep. What did that do to your sense of, like, I mean, what, how did that affect you? Um, I mean, I think I had a, a pretty unique experience of, right. beyond a lot of different people's stuff, you know? And I, I, I mean. So. I um I think it gave me character. I think it gave me a lot of um you know, yeah, good good you know, it's good stories to tell because right. I lived a whole life before I came to LA and I kind of became something that I had started to see in the magazines. I started looking at Thrasher magazine, um Trans World magazine. I, we would see two kids had skateboards so we started skating out there right. you know we'd have to i'd have to write my mom and tell her to send me a skateboard send me a skateboard we skate you know sh like i said shit was going weird and all that shit and uh i ended up kind of I, I took a scrub brush to this kid's face and that was like 
I, I had that was like the end all be all because I had done a lot of other stupid shit and just gotten into it with I was done. I was done with India. India was done with me. I was asked to go home. I was right. asked to not be at that school anymore. Man, you got you gotta be pretty um, fucking hardcore to get kicked out of India. Uh, yeah. So that's that's what it was. Uh <laughs> that shot me back to America. I went to Albuquerque for a half a year. Got to LA probably 86, 87-ish. Yeah. Um, I got to uh, start skating in the streets. I got to start seeing what I was seeing in Thrasher magazine. Yeah. I got to see the the gang graffiti. I got to go to Venice Beach and see all the Dogtown Z-Boys fucking yeah. skating. I got to see, you know, wow. like dudes that I, like Christian Asoy, just different. And I was like, whoa, this is overload. I fucking... Uh, fucking, culture, culture. I, got, I went to New Mexico and uh, some guy gave me a tape of the Chili Peppers. I end up in LA dating. My first girlfriend was the goddaughter of Lindy Getz, who was the manager of the Chili Peppers. I was going to Chili Peppers concerts for free and How hanging out you? in the uh, young, 16, 17 what? years old. T- just tell us. Ex- tell I us. ended up in being in Hollywood and it was like the fucking mecca for life at that point. Yeah. What's Hollywood Boulevard was still cracking. There was still yeah. cruising. Sunset was all you, like rock mother, and roll club. Yeah, you couldn't fucking, you couldn't sag in the streets without getting hit up. It wasn't a style. It was like you had to be a gangster to get to sag. Right. That was but, legit shit. But okay. You know? Okay. And 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 the and um sixteen years old at the Chili Peppers concerts for 16, free. Sixteen, seventeen, yeah. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. that like? So are you in the front row? Are the chicks topless? Is there plenty of food? Do you run <laughs> backstage? Are you it fucking just, it's just a euphoric euphoric feeling when you're at the hotel and then the, they're sitting across from you and Lindy's like, hey, how you doing? You're you're eating with people that you were looking at. You were like, didn't, didn't, do, 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 And then I was watching Thrasher. I mean, uh, Thrashing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was seeing Thrashing. I think I was in New Mexico or getting here. I seeing Thrashing. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, everything I'm seeing is Happening. right in front of me right yeah. now. What you don't know? people understand about Flea? Um... I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not, yeah, I, don't have a good, I don't have a good. I didn't. I love their music. I didn't have that much interaction with them themselves. It was just a trip for that to be again in front of me because you didn't. I never thought that that would happen. Awesome. Being that I was born in Alaska, I was like right. all of a sudden seeing the world, and then I was like seeing something that I wanted to really be part of, and then I ended up there in Los Angeles. Did that substantiate any of the spiritual teachings you had learned? Because you had focused on thrashing, you'd focused on this culture in California, and here it was manifesting itself in front of you. Did that support that? Well, what was supported was that I was pissed off. (laughs) I didn't have my my dad around. My dad and my mom had separated. Obviously, he tried to kidnap me. I, he got me back to my mom, obviously. Otherwise, the story wouldn't end up the way it did. But uh, he tried very much to get a hold of me throughout the years. Probably could have tried harder. Um, but we ended up meeting each other later on in 97. But I still, in early 90s, I was a pissed off, or uh, late 80s, I was a pissed off kid. And my boy Axis, who's my oldest one of my oldest friends or my oldest friend actually he was we skated together and he was getting into graffiti so he said hey do you, you know you should start doing this thing that we're doing and i was like huh what i was like graffiti and i was like oh shit that's the shit in the magazines that i see 
he's like, yeah, you choose a name and then like you go out there and you fucking strike up and you try to make a name for yourself. Right. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, let me figure it out. Let me see. What do I write? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Sad boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pretty typical because I was going through an emotional time. Sad boy. Wrote it for a little bit. Did it in the alleyways. Tagged with. Stole my first Magnum marker from Standard Brands. You know what I mean? Went around. Tagged on shit. And I was like, nah. I was like, you know what? Derelict. And like kind of had a gang style. Kind of looking at what I was seeing in the magazines, but also st- now seen in real life. And I was like, ah, derelict, wrote that for a little while. I was like, eh. What was wrong with derelict? The lettering, it didn't, I don't know. It just didn't vibe. But then, like, one night, I was going out and hanging out, like, going to Westwood, hanging out with Axis and all his friends starting to um, party, drink, smoke, whatever, right? And um, I come, like, I'm getting into it a lot with my mom, who has the stepdad there. Stepdad's always trying to step in, but he's fucking lame and i'm in an argument with my mom and she's like ah you make me so angry sometimes you know and i'm like i was like oh anger i was like yeah that's a good name i was like and it's aggressive name you know what i mean and it's a something you can because this gentleman i know is anger (laughs) from cbs crew you can't be stop crew this guy's a graffiti legend in hollywood Um, thank you but it but and his name was anger so we're hearing i'm getting to hear this story about this guy that i don't I don't know your history like that about your childhood right. and stuff. And uh, and I know you're a certain person. As this build, it all begins to make sense. <laughs> Ow! You know what? You know what? You make me so angry. Angry. Anger. And then you look at the young man's face. <laughs> and a light bulb goes off. Right? Yes, sir. Um... So yeah, I mean, I kind of rolled with that name for uh, for the remainder of the '80s into the '90s. I think anger—that's um, a fucking great name. I mean, Steve, you're a fucking label guy. You know hey, shit, hey bro. Yeah, but I, that name, I, yeah, it is a great name uh, for, like you said, aggressive, and and I get it. Because uh, I, I don't wanna... remember this guy running around. Yeah, was angry. Right, he, but he really was. Like, if you saw him, he's he just angry, bro. You know, wait, it was wait, something wait. up with him. So it you know, wasn't. He was, he was angry about shit, dude. He always be. I remember, like, even even when I had the shop on Melrose, man. You know, I was selling fucking a lot of weed out of that fucking wasted place. youth. Yeah. No, no, no. This is long before Supermax. that. Supermax. Supermax. Super. And I'd have different, you know, different friends or whatever, and there'd be so many different times where we were standing out front. And some shit would kick off on on Melrose, bro. And these guys would be running this way, getting chased that way. And this is always in the fucking mix with all these guys. And I'm talking about this is back when like skate and risky and like everybody was around, you know? Oh yeah. And um, there always be some shit, bro. And there'd always be some shit on Melrose, and they'd be in the middle of it. And uh, I just remember that. I remember a couple times, somebody, some, a couple. I don't, I don't think it was you, but some of the cats came running into the store. Yeah. Dude, 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 they were saying something about this dude, like a strap or something, right? Oh, right. And I'm like, go in the back, go in the back, man. And they went in the back, and <laughs> dudes never showed up. I never saw them, but they stayed in the back for a little while, you know? Oh, but shit. We wasn't going to let, let these fools get shot in the neighborhood. We're like, man, get in here, man. <laughs> back. But they were, he was Wait. always in some shit, bro, this, this dude. and uh, So it wasn't one of those situations where it was like, 
in private, he was like calm and just chilling and, you know, maybe reading a, a, a fucking mystery novel. It was like legitimately this dude was angry. This is no, no. This, this is how I see it. Go if ahead. I were to look at it like in a neighborhood sense. Yeah. There's always somebody who's out to prove a point. Right. There's some there's always some hot head that can't control his shit, right? Yeah. And he stands out. That was this guy. <laughs> He's the one that's like, let some shit jump off because I want to raise I want to, you know what I'm saying? One of those guys. So he was like, he was like Navy that, that SEAL. Crew. Navy SEAL of the Dude, neighborhood. So he was. So that that name, back to the name Anger, I can only think of one person is him because it was like, yeah, he, that was him. And he wrote that on the, you know, on the and walls. You know, and, and these guys weren't always, it wasn't, let me put it like this. It wasn't always bullshit. These dudes were a crew of guys that were creatively killing it. Yeah. Murder. Dude, that whole Fairfax area. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fairfax, all that shit. Melrose was all their whole domain. Right. So these dudes on a daily basis were like. Living their lives in and out of Melrose and on and off Melrose in different spots and like intertwined. So this was the co- the art collective yeah. in that area. Yeah. So much so that like one of their 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 one of their strong stronger artists, Mir, painted the inside of the Supermax store. Right. You know, and uh, these dudes, you know, rest in peace, skate and man, it was like rest in peace risky and a lot of these no, guys no not risky i mean not risky i'm sorry excuse rival? me rival excuse me yeah um rest in peace <laughs> not man, yet man. kelly it's coming soon no, though no, 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 no. <laughs> god forbid uh, knock on wood knock on wood it's yeah you're in. a fucking wood too hey, knock on wood fuck man hey so but because i was thinking about it because i was like you know derelict is actually an interesting name right that's it's got a subversive aspect to it but it's a lot of fucking letters it is yeah. so it does that also play into like when you're thinking about a name do you think about like well how long do i need to sit there to put out the letters before i can then yeah. call if you're doing them? illegal shit you want a shorter name you want right. three mm-hmm. letters right two letters would be great but right. you're usually gonna have a three to four letter name right and right. then i mean as you start to as you start to grow or graffiti starts to grow onto you yeah you you're okay with having five letters because a wall you know you're doing pieces. You know what I mean? You're not going out fucking doing illegal shit all the time anymore. How, what you know do, what, what I mean? do people so. don't understand about that transition? So at one point, nobody gives a shit who you are, and they're pissed off that you're fucking making marks on their property. Right. You're through that phase, and if you can survive that phase, then you go into people still don't, the uh, quote-unquote establishment doesn't want you to do it still, yet you're starting to get a following and a respect. Yeah. And then there's another phase where now you're being accepted by a larger group as like, no, well, he's an artist. Yeah. What don't people understand about that transition? Mm, it's pretty easy. You got to outlast everybody. How is that done? Perseverance, doing it every, uh, doing it, making it a mantra in your life. Like I don't. There's not year a year that goes by that I don't do graffiti. You know what I mean? I have spray paint around me all the time. I have spray paint. I have. Uh, at one point I had a thousand cans in my garage just to paint with. I was selling spray paint, but at that point I wasn't selling anymore. And I was just like, Oh, I'll use it. And every weekend I'm going and I'm using up 20, 30 cans on a wall, you know? And when you sell spray paint, how does that, how does how does a spray, why would a graffiti artist or a writer, why would a writer sell spray paint to anyone? Like, what is that? Um, why would a soldier need bullets? Right, but why would they come to a writer for the spray paint? Do they want to say I bought because it from? Because tr- because yeah, a trusted source. 
Right. You know, that's better than going to Blick. You're just going in and then, you know, Mona is helping you with your paint. And she, Mona doesn't know anything about paint. People come to me that I use the spray, the spray paint that I use. Yeah. They want that spray paint because they know I'm using it. And so I must know how to use it well or it's good spray paint or both. So then did any spray paint companies ever say, fuck, Anger, can you, you know, get in this um ad i want anger and i want anger holding up sure. fucking bear sure no it's all it's a huge multi-million dollar business uh spray paint by itself is yeah. made um you the so yeah just a couple years ago going back to ike my dad yeah i started a company called ike's tug and supply my my dad was a tugboat captain that's you know why i was up in alaska so tug and supply the supply part that. was um, spray paint, graffiti supplies. Um, that I, I became a West Coast distributor for Cobra Paint. Cobra Paint is brought into Miami uh, via somewhere in Italy near Milan, but not Milan. Bologna, Bologna, yeah, or Bologna, like, right? Yeah, I think it's made out there. Which is the first where the first Western style university was ever created was in Bologna, and that's also the fountain of the Trident of Neptune in Bologna is the Trident that's used oh, in Maserati. Shit. Go nice. Ahead. Hell yeah. Man. Nice. I like that. Thank you. Nice. Um, really nice. But <laughs> really well done. So basically that, like I, you know, my, I started selling spray paint in 2003 and in, you know, 2017, I started my own company distributing spray paint across America because for me, spray paint is like bullets. I have to have it around me. Right. I have guns. I got to have bullets. Have you become accustomed or do you actually love this? You know how like in, in Apocalypse Now that, uh, that sergeant says, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. morning. Yeah. yeah. Do you have that same feeling with spray oh, paint? I love it. I love it, man. Still yeah. to this day, it's my favorite, my favorite thing to do. And I, I'll bypass anything, snowboarding, basketball, anything, any sport, going swimming, sometimes even my own family. You know what I mean? Right. Because I need to paint. It's not a thing that I want to paint. I need to paint, in my, in my opinion. That's, right. how, that's, what the, that's what it's like for me. Kind of like for you, like how you need to masturbate. Yeah. It's how he's talking about yep. Right. Oh, thank happen. God you remind me. I'm going to start bringing <laughs> on that gay porn that you love so much, dude. Um, let me ask you this. What about – what? so tell everybody, because most people, you know, listen. There's a lot of – and I'm not – I am knocking them. Fuck it. You're not knocking them. I'm knocking them, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of amateur fucking hobbyist motherfuckers out there with some markers and some whatever. And sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're yeah. like, you know, trying yeah. to do some old English. Oh, my mm -hmm. name is, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Punto. I'm Punto. Mm -hmm. Whatever. What do like some beginning guys got to understand about the qualities of spray paint? What are some factors and things to look out for and think about? Um, from a master. I don't think I'm a master. Oh, stop the humble I don't shit. Think, stop I don't, the humble. I know. I really don't. You I don't really sell don't. spray paint because you ain't a master. Well, but I went to, so I ended up selling twenty thousand hours, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. easy. Twenty thousand hours, right? Listen, I'm saying it. If you want to stay humble, first of all, you can't ever use the name humble because that, that that's not gonna work. Anger from a master. <laughs> what do people need to understand? Some qualities and things to think about when they're thinking about spray paint for that type of art. Um. Well, I would say, for my opinion, I'm not a big fan of China. China sell, makes a lot of spray paint, sells a lot of spray paint, and they don't have the best regulations in making 
any of their items. Uh-huh. So why would you want them making your spray paint when you can have it be more toxic than it already is? And then is there a way on top of Go that ahead. China is a big reason why things are toxic turby mm-hmm. in Fucked our world? Up. Wuhan. You're talking and about Wuhan. I'm just talking about just whatever you want to investigate, whatever you want to hear, are whatever you, you want to believe. Are you running for office, anger? Not at all. Okay, because I'm, all. I'm 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 willing to come out and say shit. That shit started in Wuhan. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not a big fan of the paint down in Mexico, but it's getting a lot better. I'm a fan of the paint that is uh, made in Europe because okay. I think they have the best standards. Right. Um, American spray paint is still good. They just don't make it for graffiti artists. What, what Italy, Italy makes good paint. Italy, Germany. Um, what about Greek. Peru? Is there Peruvian mm, paint? There that, is. That there might be. Pure there flake might be. Peruvian yeah, paint. Yeah, there might mm-hmm. be. Colombian. Is there um, some Colombian paint that's imported? That's, mm, or does that just help you energize, like stay up? And uh, mm-hmm. I think every country has their own little brands. There's mm-hmm. like, but these main brands have have have. They've done well because they make good spray paint, and then they blend well with the street urban, you know, the the, the artist that's doing something. They're grabbing them, and they're being like, oh, here, like, use our spray paint, and they'll it's give from, them. The like, risky, risky gets a palette of paint mm-hmm. a year or something like that or whatever every six months from, from Is Montana. Is it true that Risky's you know? getting a palette of paint from uh, Polish spray paint? Isn't he using Polish spray paint from Warsaw? I think he's using. Get I think he's using <laughs> spray paint from Vietnam that's made in a sweat factory. <laughs> isn't, hey, it no, true, hey, but, isn't it true that Risky's getting it from Iran and that uh, he's evading a blockade on spray paint from? I Iran? think Risky's <laughs> actually <laughs> taking it from everybody. So. <laughs> Risky's going to be on the show in about two weeks. Yeah, that's all right. No, hey, to get so, his take on it. Uh, but, but, but listen, is Krylon still is Krylon still making paint? They still make spray paint. You know? What's the difference between quality spray paint and shitty spray paint in terms of how it lays out on the building and or canvas or whatever? Uh, you probably don't have to be as skilled anymore because the cans are so, and the tips are so much better, the pressure and all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I tell my So you girl. can be less, you, you can have less skills and get something accomplished. And right. then a lot of people, they don't do it the OG way, which is, you know, we're not using spray, I mean, we're not using t- uh, tape. You know, not projecting your shit on the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like just doing it, like, I mean, you see, like, look at Deffer, right? I mean, Deffer is a is a main person that's doing that kind of calligraphy, taking that gang calligraphy style and making use of it, right? Okay. And, mm-hmm. and putting it in all, all the right places. But you don't see him straying away from the way that it's supposed to be done. You know, and a lot of people, and it's okay. It's okay these days, I guess. I mean, people make money, need to make money, you right? Know? So they'll project something on. But like a lot of people, there's a disdain for it. Some people that are there cheating. You know, Some people think it's cheating. A little, little bit, yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Hey, yeah. let me ask you this: um, <clears throat> If you're not projecting, because I've seen that for painters too, right? Yeah. Okay, so for painters who paint on canvas in in that style of art, you have a whole group of people that you do fucking take a. Uh, Basically, a photo that they took, filter it, yeah. right? That takes all of about like 30 seconds. Correct. Then they project that 
onto the canvas. Correct. And then they just paint it all in. If they want to get crazy with it, they fucking change the color palette a little <laughs> bit, you know, get a little wacky. Yeah. But, uh, and then some other painters would be like, hey, that's, I mean, you can do that, I guess, you know. I mean, maybe even having paint to somebody at some point in time was cheating because they weren't yeah. using charcoal. Like, there was a caveman who was like, hey, yeah. what's with the color? I mean, but even But even, like, so you have, even in graffiti, like, you have black books, right? A lot of people have black books where they do their styles in the black books and you have markers and you do all your everything, right? Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, they go, they take a sketch and they'll, they'll go to the wall and look at their letters, right? And that's, I mean, that's early on kind of projection. Right, it's not sense. in your brain. It's early on. You already thought of everything. So you're already, so I was having this conversation with my buddy Explode who's, What's up, homie? How you doing? He's yeah. from down in the area. Big so ups, explode. Explode. Yeah. Um, and I was just saying, hey, for me, yeah. what works yeah. is that I know I have the supplies right next to me. I know I have plenty of paint to paint the wall. Yeah. I might not know what the wall looks like when I get there. I might know what it looks like. I definitely don't know what I'm doing. I love Definitely it. don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what letter I'm starting with, and I don't know what letter I'm ending with. I could be doing something i could not be doing something but once i get done with what i'm doing i'm happy with the process that i just went through once i got to the wall to when i'm leaving the wall right that is the that's my meditation time you know what i mean when i get to put on my headphones when i get to blast my fucking you know my metallica my rage my jim pepper whatever music i want to listen listen to and i can just be in a zone yeah, spraying. Yeah. That's what I like to do. You know, so. kind of like man. jazz in that way. Yeah, kind of like jazz in that Very way. Very much man. like jazz. You know what, bro? You just made a perfect. This is exactly when the gyms were open. Every day, that's what I get in the gym. I'm putting on headphones, blasting, mm-hmm. and just getting down, dude. Yeah. And like then I try to explain to people like that's the the chunk of time in my life that I get that I can do what's in front of me right. and there's nothing else on the planet. Yeah. All I'm doing is what I'm doing. And that's right. a meditation You're in, in itself. Zone. Bro. You're in a zone, bro. And it's like, you know, I think that Hold I on. think that that what? I was just going to say I think what he also described was how we do the show. This fucking guy right here, bro. Look at this. Look how he has it set up. Like, that's some pig shit, dude, right there. That's fucking pig shit right there, bro. I love this guy, describe, bro. Describe what you're saying. What, you, what, what do you see? Okay, dude, like, you know what it looks like to me? It looks like he's got, like, 20 Hershey Kisses unwrapped, all, all stacked in front of him. That's what that looks like to me, Okay. This fucking guy can't eat the bar out of the wrapper. God forbid, because he's not going to get it into his lungs fast enough. He unwraps two full bars, wedges them together like it's one. He's like molded it now into one massive bar. And the thing's going to go down in three bites. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, what I was going to say was that's also how we do the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steve, honestly. Absolutely. One thousand percent. It is. And when you're in that zone, bro, you're not thinking about the other shit. How often do we have like production meetings ahead of time where we're like, we're gonna <laughs> never talk had about- once. Exactly. <laughs> All we know is that um, some shit's gonna happen. And sometimes we know who the guest is gonna be like in this case. Right. But remember, I mean, even anger when we were talking initially, right? We were out, we were like, let's just save. We, let's not even have the introductory stuff yeah. until we get on the show. Yeah. Right. It's the best way. It is. Yeah. So you show up, you're like, 
kind of open and you're like, whatever's there, I know maybe some parameters, but I have no idea yet what's going to happen. Yep. And then as it comes out, so for you, is painting like sculpting then? Like, you know, Michelangelo said that when he sculpts, he has the rock and then he just visualizes the statue inside the rock and he chips right. away the extraneous shit. And what he reveals is the vision. He's love not that. trying. I love that term. Right. Right. So for you, is it sort of like that where you show up and you're really just getting things out of the way to reveal what Ooh. what what is inside? That's great. Um, a great way. I to mean, put that. for me, I think it's always been an exploration of the alphabet. You know, for mm. me, that's mm. just me. You mm. know, I'm not a. I'm not a. It's not that deep. I'm not a character guy. I'm not no. a background guy. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to be wowed by my, you know, awesome yeah. skill set. Um, I tell m most people anything that you've seen me do, it's all balls. It's no fucking not talent. It's all balls. And I like I was I like literally skate, rest in peace, pointed me out at a meeting one time and told me that I was whack. That my graffiti sucked and Why? that I needed to, because I because I was laughing at something that I shouldn't have been laughing at. What were you laughing at? I was just in the crew. Whatever I was laughing at, it was it was enough that he had to say, "Hey, man, don't laugh. You don't have no right to laugh. You ain't done nothing. You ain't earned nothing to be laughing. So what the fuck you laughing at? Damn. Get your shit together, then be able to laugh at a motherfucker. Don't fucking don't jump up to level four and be like laughing at a level four yard, right? No. If you're from a level two yard, just no. don't you just don't do it. You and better appropriate yourself to the to the audience that you're you're with. Addressing. How did you feel when it, when that when that slap down came? Um, all eyes on me. Okay, <sighs> handle it. I've been in awkward positions before. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. This I, is like his I big homie telling him. Yeah. No, I, I, I get up. it. I want guys to and gals to Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds to like understand that getting a slap down from somebody that's giving you what the code is and where you're really at in some perspective isn't the end of the world. It doesn't mean right. that they're wrong and it's actually maybe a good thing in the long run. Was that mm. I mean, is that how you saw that eventually? Okay, so around that time I was from CBS. I was actively doing graffiti. Skate was from a gang, we're, he was from a gang called Scandals. Scandals was a mixed gang, um, which there's not a lot of anymore. Um, but at that time, there was blacks, there was Mexicans, there was whites, Russians, fucking all kinds of different people. So I got, I got jumped into that gang just because they were associated with CBS. And uh, my big was this guy named Bulldog. And Bulldog was ace from Playboy Gangster Crip. And he was also... Bulldog from Scandals, and he had a. He, they called him One Punch because he was a badass. I love that. And so he um, he liked me. He liked my attitude, and he wanted me to be his little. So I needed to. Then I, once I got into Scandals, I had uh, this name that I had associated myself with, which was Anger, and I had started to put this name on the street in some sort of way, and it, and I started to get response from it. <clears throat> um, so I became Little Bulldog. And I became what Lucky would say was the guy that always was down to get into something. I had gone through those weird experiences. I had right. been in, I mean, in New Mexico, I'd been at survival camps. By the time I was 15, I was already lear learning how to shoot guns. I was right. learning how to uh, um, use knives. When I was in India, I practiced gutka, which is sword fighting, knife fighting. 
It's the Sikh um, version of martial arts. Mm -hmm. I was doing processions in the streets of India, fight, play fighting with my friends. I had swords when I was nine years old. Right, you know right. what I mean? I was so at, always carry a blade yeah, with them. Dog. Exactly. The I cure, love that. It's called a kirpan. Yeah, it's a kirpan, and they're the only they're uh, they're allowed to by their because uh, of the religion, because huh? of the religion. Yeah. And then what um, are those bracelets called? They, a lot of yeah, those bracelets are dope. Karas. I've always liked those, dude. Yeah. Dude, I had always a, liked those. I had a friend in the family, Jay Bauer, uh, who is a Sikh, and he had those. What is it called? Kara. Kara, and he would open beer with it. He yeah. would show me how to open a, a fucking pull the thing off of a well, beer. But also, yeah, from the bracelet. bracelet. So the yeah. Nahungs are the warrior Sikhs. Yeah, and those are the dudes that we used to hang with in India, right? We were Dumb dudes we were are. young, young Nahungs. Nahung. But hold on, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stray from the story about go ahead, go ahead. about bulldog, about gangster shit, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you about that Sikh shit in a second, if you yeah. remind me. Um, so right around that time. Lots of shit going down just in the streets, as everybody may be aware of or not aware of. But definitely in that area, there was shit always going on. We lived in the, you know, kind of we hung out in the by the Beverly Center, Fairfax High, Hollywood, that whole area. Um, one day we ended up going up into the Beverly Center. I was with my boys, my one boy, Sandman from Lads. He had just gotten out. That fool had been doing a lot of time. We're going up to the top the top floor, which is the eighth floor in the Beverly Center. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going from the seventh floor up. The escalators are coming down. There's two dudes walking with two women and Sandman's mad dogging with them. And Sandman, you know, he got the look, like, you know, he got the the pen look, you know what I mean? He's got his beanie on, tucked down. He probably got a fucking wife beater on, you know, and he's just, you know, he's tattooed up and shit. And I'm not really paying attention to it. But, like, basically their mad dogging turned into us jumping up to the eighth floor, going back down the escalators, down to the seventh floor, and us squaring off with these two dudes with their women right there, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> Shit pops off. They ended up, it ended up, as I remembered it, they did attack him first. Right. Of course. When shit started popping off, I had a dog chain that I was running around with that night, you know, mm. swinging around and shit, and <laughs> wrapping around my fist. So I fucking just lay, start laying into this dude, right? Because yeah. he's on my boy, and yeah. I got to fucking, you know, have his back. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, dude comes up, pulls out a strap, and he's fucking, you know, he goes, you know, this Culver City, please freeze, motherfuckers. Mm. And there's like me and probably what Joey was there. It was probably like Sandman two other dudes maybe four other guys so he's he's doing it like he's like how the crowd is right here there's probably us over, like kind of like spread like that so he goes like that yeah he goes over that way i just jam out i take off seventh floor i ran all the way over to beverly boulevard down the escalators and i run all the way east on beverly through the alleyways all the way to fairfax dead 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 run not stopping right just jamming Adrenaline just fucking. I, yeah, I, mean, I was like, fuck, I just fucking assaulted a fucking police officer. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Right. They don't take kindly to that shit. So, you know, I, I run to the homies pad. My boy Ollie was there. He was like leader of lads and all the homies used to kick it there. I'm like, yo, dude, this just got into shit. I just fucking, you know, this. I told them the story. They're like, dude, fuck, dude, like whatever. You know, I probably drank a beer, smoked, chilled. Right. You know, I went home that night. I think the next day was Thanksgiving. I was still living with my mom. Right. 
And uh, I had Thanksgiving tofu, tofu turkey. Tofurky. Mm, tofurky, right? Tofurky, come. And um, I was ready to go out. I yeah. was ready to go ho- hook up with the homies. Not really thinking that great, as most criminals don't. Right. I go back to the scene of the crime. Oh, you go back there. I go back. You know, Big Lepke does that sometimes. Yeah. Right? It's a weird thing. Big Lep says hello, by the way. Scary looking guy. Hi. Um, Hi, Lepke. Uh, he's, um, he's, he's now we call him OG Moses. He's, there you go. Yeah. Go what ahead. Um, I go to, uh, go to Starkey's, which mm-hmm. was, if anybody went to the Beverly mm-hmm. Center, was the, um, uh, they had the, was it a pizzeria or like a deli or something deli, like that? Yeah. And then they had all the video games and everything. Mm-hmm, so right. I go start playing 720, whatever I was playing at the time. Wait, My, 720? The video game? Yeah. What, what was 720? The skating video round. game? Oh, 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 720 degrees. Yeah. I yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, go ahead. And then uh, my boy Bugsy, who worked at the spot, was it Bugsy or Little Man? One of those two roll up to me and they're like, hey, dude, fucking security's coming for you. Before I could, you know, maneuver or anything, I just get sworn by like eight, ten security guards. They take me down. I go through the whole process, go to fucking juvenile hall. Fuck. You know what I mean? It's a. Uh, you know, my mom is fucking super disappointed, but my mom comes to court. She's like, hey, she's like, you know, and she's wearing a full turban. She's still a Sikh, <sighs> but I'm wearing my head, my hair down now. You got point. long hair? I got yeah. long hair All right. in a braid. You know what I mean? Most nice. of the time. Yeah. And um, she was able to talk to the judge and be like, hey, can I, you know, can I get him into rehab? I end up going into rehab, kind of fighting my case at the time. And um, um, I ended up going to Charter Hospital which was out in West Covina and uh, bringing it back all the way to that meeting. When skate pointed me out, I saw that this was my time and my opportunity to get better. As he had said, I was not that great at what I was laughing at and I needed to get better. So I spent the the next, you know, three, four months just sketching a lot, going in a book, drawing, 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 coming up with ideas, coming up with concepts. Um, I get out and I show him what I'm up to. And I'm like, hey, check it out. This is what I started to create. He's like, whoa. He's like, these are awesome, dude. You know, what the CBS letters that I was doing, the style that I was doing, he just loved that I put time and effort into learning more about the craft and not just going off of pure, that pure aggression shit, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> and so I got better. And that's how I got better is I just, you know, I, I took advantage of some dead time and I just put my... Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have like anything to like at that time. You didn't have an internet to look at. You couldn't look at, you you know. You could maybe have people bring shit in, but I just was going off of like what I saw on the streets, what I went to different yards, just lettering, basic lettering that I kind of knew existed, and yeah. uh, I just got better. Let me ask you a question: When it comes to because you say you're an alphabet guy, is there what what are some insights or some interesting thoughts that you've had about letters? I mean, you spend so much time looking at letters, you spend right. so much time thinking about them. What are some observations or some thoughts that people might not really understand about the alphabet? Well, I mean, or any letters. If you do anything for one name for so long, you kind of get sick of it. And I got sick of doing anger pieces. So like early in the uh in 97 after writing anger for 10 years, I ch- I kind of changed my name. I got a new AKA and I started doing the fungus. The fungus among us. The fungus lives, the fungus dies, the fungus was here, the fungus kills the fungus you know the fungus does all kinds of shit you know that's basically 
it's a lot of letters, you know, the fungus and then whatever you put next to it. It's a yeah. lot of work, a lot of paint, a lot of hours. Um, so early 2000, early 2000s, I caught a case. I had to go in for a while for nine months. I ended up getting out. Um, again, I took advantage of my time. I did a lot of studying, knowledge, got my body right, got my mind right. One yeah. of the first priorities is when I get out, I want to find a lady that I can um, su- support the type of man that I am and, um, and, and help me grow into the man I'm to become. Right. Um, so when I got out, I ended up hooking up with this chick that knew this other chick that now is my wife. Yeah. Um, she's had my heart from day one. I told her everything that I am. She doesn't care. She works for the County. She probably shouldn't be dating a dude like me, but she saw that I was good at heart and she didn't judge me for, just getting out or whatever and now we're together for we've got two kids one's 16 one's 14 we've been together probably 17 years Married. what did she do for the county at that time what was well she now she's a at she's that a, time no at that time she's a social worker all right for the dcfs so she had a soft spot for some troublemakers yeah probably probably <laughs> but yeah that's my i mean she's made me such a great man to you know the, the the man that i am today i owe a lot of it to her because she's just put up put up with my shit for so long okay let me ask you um, a question yes sir you had, you had a big <laughs> incident happen in your life that i had heard about when it, when it kind of went down are you comfortable talking about that um sure we could talk around it too okay <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk. well yeah i mean I, so I, I i will yeah we will actually um but I, I guess I'll finish up with what I was trying to get at. What? Was uh, you know in the beginning I talked about AKA Elias White Crow becoming Siri Singh Khalsa, you know AKA becoming Sad Boy derelict anger, AKA becoming fungus, and then once my second kid was born, I couldn't do fungus pieces anymore because I had to be home more. So I started doing, I was like, ooh, AKA. I started writing AKA, which I really like doing. And what I was telling Lucky outside, I was like, I think people, you're a loud chewer. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Very loud chewer. I'm, like I'm, a horse. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking the same. And, and dude, Steve. Shut the fuck up. No, listen, Steve. Shut the fuck up. Listen, listen. Let me ask you a question. What kind of gum are, are you chewing? Big Red. What's up with Big Red? Big like, that's like shit. an old-time gum. Hell yeah. It is cinnamon. an old-time gum, yeah. yeah. You just wanted some cinnamon? Shout or? out to Big Red. <laughs> big Red. Because I'm a red brother. Is that what it is? It's yeah. an Indian gum? It's Indian gum. When hey, you how see the Big Red, no it's Ma- like a subliminal, like, I'm Indian too. It should make like an American Indian chewing gum. Like flavor, like tobacco flavor, Oof. sage flavor, you know, bu- buffalo flavor. Go on. Okay, no, go let's ahead. Let's get back on the track over yeah, here. I mean, don't don't look at yeah, me with those like, flavors. You're and like shit. sitting there chewing. And by the way, what you called oh, me what? a pig? Where's the rest? Why is there like 18 rappers? I call you a pig out of love. I know me, and I'm calling it back to you out of love. What is the? What, there's like 18 rappers. How much gum is left from that package? Actually, Sean, is there 18 rappers or is there actually three rappers right there? What's a? Well, there's three and there's one in your hand. Right. Okay, so yeah. what what's with how much of the gum is left from the package, Steve? Well, we've been on for quite a while, and I chew a piece for about fifteen <laughs> minutes or so. <laughs> and then what happens? It loses all its flavor. 
Yeah, it's pretty what? bad once it and it gets all hard right. after yeah, hard yeah. luck show. So yeah. you're just over there just grinding on gum? Grinding up because I get, it's like popcorn when you're in a good movie. That's how it is right now. Thank God. I'm just listening. I'm like, I'm in it. So I don't know if I'm chewing loud, what I'm doing with my mouth, because my ears have taken over. Go ahead. All right. Um Go ahead. Are you gonna stop chewing gum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> modern. I would say this modern day. What I was telling Lucky, yeah, is modern day today. Do I invest all my thoughts and um, and uh, collective positive being into a name anger? No, I don't. I don't okay. invest it. If if it if it's if it ends up that it that I need to hone in on that skill set to be able to handle a situation, be it in the streets, be it in a boardroom, whatever it matters, mm-hmm. cool, I'll handle it. But I kind of go by AKA White Crow today, modern day. Oh. I don't go by anger as much. People mm-hmm. are gonna keep on calling me it, and that's cool. Cause that's kind of how they know you. That's how they know me. Is introduction. Yeah, right. I needed I needed my man to explain it because I, I get that. Not you, look at man, this guy's a. Uh, yeah, I, I get to see what kind of some interactions that he shares uh, in his life, man. And he's really man. This guy's just like you can just tell by the look in his his son's eyes, his wife. Like he's a really he's in this thing. He's a family man and. He looks like a great father, and I just feel like, you know, if he's, I would never want to be like, hey, this is my buddy Anger. You know, I don't want to put that in the, out there in energy because you're living differently, but that is your, your artist name that yeah. I know you from. Yeah. Hey. And a lot of times we talk about the history and, and what goes on, and this is a huge piece of L.A. art history. This is Can't Be Stopped, okay? This is a graffiti crew. In the the Hollywood area in L.A. The crew's name is Camp- Can't Be Stopped. Okay. CBS. What year, decade are they big? Or are they still around? I, I don't, I, I, he would have to answer that, but I can tell you that uh, the mid to late 80s all through the 90s was a, a big, uh, even in the 2000s, a big graffiti crew. They're still around, but they were like, this is, I guess, as it was coming all together. Yeah. I mean, I, from 80, uh, I got into CBS in 88. Um, Skate was leader of the crew at the time, and he was leader up until he died in 1993. 1993, um, you know, he was gone, and uh, I guess at that point I kind of took over the crew and became the whatever, de facto fucking leader. Um, a lot of my boys were all too caught up, you know, partying, going to strip clubs. Graffiti wasn't there really focus anymore they were doing other shit making money whatever and uh um i liked what i had already been part of and i wanted to kind of continue that on so i um trudged forward from you know from when skate passed away i just uh built tried to build the crew the best way that i could and and try to be a source of um um I tried to be. I tried to be. I I tried my best to become the vertebrae for CBS, which is you know the, our right. Our vertebrae is what keeps us all together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an easy task. It doesn't come without tons of um, um, opinions from uh, from outside people. Right. Um, 
and you take a lot of, uh, whether it's friends, uh, just crewmates, um, you know, old friends, new friends, whatever, you're just always subject to kind of some scrutiny as being a leader and people are never going to really fully understand what it is to be a leader unless they take on a leadership aspect role. Everybody's got a bunch of fucking opinions yeah. when, when they're not in the spot, Correct. Yeah. right? And Correct. when you're in the spot, you got to make some decisions Correct. and you got to be willing to carry the responsibility on your Correct. shoulders, right? Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely I've right. made tons of decisions. I've, I've had to boot, I'm the main guy that boots people from the crew. I'm right. the main guy that... Um, brings people into the crew. Right. I actually created a whole crew just to bring prospective members into CBS. You can't just come to CBS and hang out and get into CBS. You There's a to... sub crew. Correct. I, I, uh, I got the idea from Skate back in the day. He had a crew called TCS, and he, he would we would put he would put people into TCS to get him into CBS. So in 2017, I created a crew called Graffiti Wolves. Um, and I created that crew, GW, specifically so that I could get to know somebody and they could get to know what the situation was that they're getting into. Because I don't think people really think about what they're getting into. They're, they're, a lot of people, if they had it to do over again and they had all the information in front of them, some people would not make the same decision that they made. Right. And so I tell people, hey, man, this is for your safety and my safety. My safety is that I don't know you. You mm. want to be from CBS. That's cool. Your graffiti is awesome. You're great skill. You have great skills. Do you fit into what we are? And that takes a little bit of time. It doesn't come overnight. You, right. I, I no longer meet somebody and I'm like, oh, yeah, get in the crew. I'm like, hey, if you want to be from the crew, hang out with us for a year or two. And let's see what happens. And I've had so many people fall off. So many people. I would think most, it's, most it's fall 50, off. It's forty. It's it's almost fifty fifty most of the time, but it's almost it, it tilts. It tilts, you know. And I'm super happy for the successful people. I have great crew members all over the world, <sighs> all over the United States, all over Southern California, um, in LA. I love I love the way I love the way he the way he said so many people fall off. Yeah, because you could almost we know some people that fall off. Huh? It, not only that, um, Steve, is that it's also you can kind of sense the anguish that's in that because he's not saying it necessarily just to say most motherfuckers don't have the heart to deal with this. He's not mm -hmm. really just saying it that way. He's also saying, like, there were some people that came through that had some potential that was yeah. worth something, and even they fell off. It was That was a great... I mean, but that's kind of. But like, it's just true, and right? especially with the with the with the um, creation of Instagram, with being able to get a hold of people and be, people be able to uh, get a hold of you. Like I get people from all over the all over the country right. hitting me up, being like, "I want to be part of your crew," right? And I'm like, "Why? Yeah, what the fuck do you? Why? Yeah, what's what's in it? Because CBS is a is a is a as a household name in graffiti, then it's gonna bring your you know, the level of your name up. That might not be what it would take to actually be in it. You're going to have to have a different kind of heart if you're really going to have hey, it. Hey, do you read it? Do you, do you read his shirt? No, uh, it says, Crankin' Black Sabbath. CBS. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Is that like a code for uh, yeah, CBS? Yeah. I got yeah. it. All right. I made so... I made these. I, I wanted to make these. I wanted to be like, yeah, motherfucker, you are catching on yet? Yeah. And I'm not catching on. I'm like, uh, so it's CBS? So this goes all the way back to Missouri. And yeah. when I listened to Black Sabbath for the first time, yeah. it was not Ozzy Osbourne. Right. Yes, correct. 
public. <laughs> it was not the guy that you think. It was Ronnie James Dio. Yes. Ronnie James Dio is my fucking hero. Mm. And this shirt is dedicated to Ronnie James Dio. Why is Ronnie James Dio your hero? Because I listened to his out um <coughs> whatever Black Sabbath album, which was his first album. That's the album uh with um fuck. I'm getting old. Anyways, mm. yeah, it his voice and and that music with the same members from Black Sabbath is what for me is Black Sabbath. I love Ozzy now and I sure. love all those dope albums. But Ronnie James Dio will always be the first Black Sabbath for me. And so modern day few years ago when they were kind of um coming to the end, right? They're they're doing their last tour and um I wanted to do the shirt in remembrance of them and in remembering like what it felt like to listen to black Sabbath when I was up in Missouri, like I had somebody's headphones in and it, like that raw fucking power that you were talking about with jazz or music, what it gives you, you know what yeah, I mean? That, yeah. that, that fucking shiver that goes through your body. That's what black Sabbath has always been to me. That's what, and uh, like, I don't come into graffiti through the hip hop vein, meaning that like, I'm not a B boy. I ain't fucking break dancing for you. Right. I ain't fucking rapping for you. Are you going to put down any cardboard and do a backspin? I'm spin? not doing any backspins of any sort for anybody <laughs> whatsoever. I'm getting in a slam pit. I'm knocking a motherfucker down, and I'm picking him back up. I'm knocking a motherfucker down, and I'm hmm. picking that dude up. And I'm going to go through the pit just knocking into motherfuckers the whole time because my shit is metal. My That's my metal. first. Yeah, my first love will always be metal, and this shirt is dedicated to. Was, was the album Heaven and Hell? Well, yes. Okay. Let's see. Yes. Let's 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 w continue to tell us. Um, uh, Steve, ask him a question. Why I pull up heaven and hell? There you go. Okay. So you were asking about some other shit that happened, um, yeah. and we'll bring that up, I guess. Yeah. Because. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah we'll talk um, so we talked about that one thing that happened in the Beverly center. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there was a bunch of different things that happened like that where I started catching, you know, catching cases and stuff like that. Um, eh, there's a lot of fun things to do in the early nineties in Los okay. Angeles, but you know, tell me if you think this is right. Is that right? Oh yeah. Is that right? This is right. This is so right. Yeah. It's always right. Come on. So, A, this was, so what ended up happening is I love this band so much. I love this man. I know he's passed away now, but the artwork, the album covers, everything about Dio fucking does it for me. My mom worked at Children's Hospital My mom in Hollywood, and my mom took care of one of his kids when it was a baby because she was a... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, premature? Premature, yeah. A preemie. A preemie. And um, so she told him, hey, my son's a really big fan of yours. And so I got an autographed picture of Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. And then one time I was painting in the La Brea alleyway above, a block above Pink's, La Brea and Melrose, right? And two Heshers are walking down the alley and then... They're like, dude, oh my God. I'm like, what are you guys, what the, what's up, dude? He's like, dude, Ronnie James Dio, bro. And I'm like, what? And I, and they're like, yeah, he's right there. 
And I look up, and there's a Range Rover, and there's a dude popping up the Range Rover, and it's Ronnie James Dio, dude. And I yeah. look up, I look up, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's Hollywood, dude. You don't run up on nobody. Right, right, right. But you still get a little starstruck, right? I fucking, I'm like quarter of the alley down from it, and I go, Ronnie! And he looks over, and I'm just like this, dude. And I just put him up in the air, and he just puts it up in the air, and I'm like, my life is complete. I could die right now. <laughs> yeah. Semi-truck hit me. Cause that shit just felt like, yeah, and like maybe most motherfuckers would have ran up to him, but I was like, respect, go do your thing. I'm not gonna bother you, but he gave me horns, and I fucking that's all I'm you good. needed. That's all I'm good, man. Right, yeah. dude. They got some interesting titles, dude. Neon Knights, Children of the Sea. This is Children of the Sea. You never listened to this album? No, I swear to God, dude. I don't front when I don't know yeah. some shit. Sacred Heart, Holy Diver, oh, all these albums. Listen to this, dude. The edge of yeah. time, reaching forth the rising yeah. sun, the final sign. Aren't, aren't people from Santa Monica, people of the sea, children of the sea? Yeah. Rose away to die, reaching for the sun, we blind the sky. Yeah, he was in the. Well, you know, you know, this is because of him. I did not know. No, that. yeah. So horns. So Ron, I met a, I met a uh, Hesher later on that I worked with. I do audio and video stuff. Real quick, what's a Hesher for the people that are listening? That Hesher guy, that a person that listens to metal. Okay, a yeah, metalhead. A metalhead. All right, go ahead. So I met this Hesher, and he knew he was a bigger fan of uh, metal, and he knew all the history of Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio started in a band called Ronnie and the Red Dots, which was not a metal band, and then he was in several different other bands. But he was the guy that. I guess his grandma, the story goes Go ahead. that, that his grandma used to do this to him and it was like some way to ward off evil. Yes. Yes. Right? That's old country right? shit. And so, so she's always like that. And so <laughs> like he, when he started doing music, yeah. he started doing the same thing to when he was singing, he would do this. Right. And I, and, and, and it just caught on. I think. Right. Uh, I think that that's the lineage of the horns. Steve, you're a part. Am I wrong or no, wrong? No, no, no. I think you're right. No, you're right. Uh, Wikipedia okay. says uh, you were right. Yep. All right, hold on. Hold on. He, fucking, he wrote right, the Wikipedia pitch. Hey, you're part Sicilian. Isn't there an Italian, a Sicilian thing with like the Maluch or the eye to ward off or to, yes, to any bad Yes, absolutely. It's, right. it's from Catholicism, actually. Yeah, the Maluch. Yeah. That's, yeah. And the it goes Maluch. all the way back to Rome before Catholic. The Maluch. The Maluch. Maluch. Hey, but the, in Rome, before that, before they became Catholic, then they had the other gods. Right. They still had these movements to ward off danger or bad, especially if you were talking positive about the future. Yeah. You know that feeling that everybody's got when you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. And you're like, hey, be cautiously optimistic, motherfucker. You can't catch your chickens before they hatch. Yeah. A lot of that kind of vibe, they would give the sign to ward off the negative or the bad fates or the bad spirits. Yeah. That's the fucking And then it just, and then, I mean, what's the weirdest thing, right? That became. That became a metal thing, and right. then fucking MS came along, and they were metalheads, right? And they fucking took this, and it became that's the sign for MS. I mean, I guess they go this yeah, way, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. I mean, you'll see tons of totally. hit ups. And I remember one downtown. It was like the they did the fucking they did the hand, and then they did all their fucking you know marasapatuchas all around yeah. it. It yeah. was. Badass yeah. with a rosary. I think there was a rosary on the fucking horns. It was. That's that. Remember, I tell you that there's like huge Latino community. Well, you know, 
fucking Salvadorian, Honduran, like that were all into like rock and metal. roll, metal, oh, yeah. and metal. You know, like fucking. I mean, Mid City Stoners were like still to this day, yeah, just still you know, to this day. Trip. People, yeah. A lot of people don't know about. You go that to an Excel show. Culture. If you go to an Excel, I went to an Excel show two years ago. Yeah, dude, the fucking whole crowd is all Mexican. There's like a crazy. few white boys, but like the whole fucking crowd was fucking. I Mexican. love I love metal Latinos. They're like one of my favorite groups of people. And yeah. can can I do a and couple? the hot the hot metal chola? Yeah. Oh, come, but I the mean, hybrid. Every Ooh. chola, most of the cholas I know are hot. Oh, Except so hot. my wife is the hottest, dear little. <laughs> I got a whole story about how much trouble I got into uh, oh, because no. my wife listened to the show and she heard some things and she was fucking throwing a shoe at me and everything. It was a whole <laughs> thing. I don't know What'd if we want to. Do we want to get into it right What'd now? What you hear? Well, so we had Rachel Sterling on, right? Yeah. Okay. And then subsequently, we had a random show with the listener, Mark Torres, which turned out to be a fucking fan favorite. Okay. Everybody loved that show, especially okay. when we got to the end and started making fun of Brian Scott's IG. Right. <laughs> and his sad yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So then, but in that, I remembered that Sean, or Blue Eyes, was talking big and puffing out his chest about how Rachel Sterling... He would never fall for her shit because right. he knows she's never going to fuck him. So he's not even going to go there. Then you and I were like, come on, dog. All she has to do is try to seduce you a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, she wouldn't yeah, even break a yeah, sweat yeah. and you'd be fucking painting her toenails in yeah. two seconds. Yeah. Right. And he yeah. was like, no, no, no. Suck on her toes. So in that, listen to this, in that discussion, and you know how careful I am because I love my wife. You know how careful I am. Yeah. I'm always like, except for my wife. Blah, 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 right? In that discussion, right, we are admitting that Katie, uh, Kitty Sterling, Rachel Sterling, uh, is beautiful, right? right? And people are into her. Right. And it's almost stupid if you're a male and a, and a heterosexual, and maybe even homosexual might be. Mm -hmm. Could be, because sure, sure, I'm sure, sure. there's some gay attractive. guys. I'm sure there's some gay guys that would give up booty for a little bit of what Rachel's selling. All right, right. All right. So, I, so we're all saying it. I don't even say it. I go... You know, uh, somebody, I think you say, like, yeah, who's not into Rachel Sterling? And Sean's like, yeah, who's not into Rachel Sterling? And I'm like, yeah, you are, he is, she is, I am. You said I am? I am. Oh. I said I am. Yeah. And in but this, wouldn't, wouldn't it be of I, she like, you said I do, and now you're saying I am. Oh, my God. But wouldn't it be unnatural, and you would be a liar if you didn't say I am? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've ever dealt. But you would, would you wife rather be you, that you be a liar or just a regular man? Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Have you ever been in a relationship with... <laughs> <laughs> Where, where do you think I'm going with this? Well, I don't know, but you calmly were like, "Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> have you ever been? In a, have you ever been uh, in a romantic relationship with a Latina?" Uh, uh oh. I mean, ever? No, oh, dude. Okay, no. so you, will you answer that question when it takes you that long? You then answer no. that? It's a no. Okay, it's so all I'm gonna say is you're using. I did think my chick was a Latina at first, and, and she, she was. Jewish and uh, totally <laughs> very misguided. Good. Very <laughs> misguided. Yeah. She's like, "Why don't you come over?" I was for like, "You were hitting the tanning salon, weren't you? A lot? Like, I, I feel, I feel like you were soup." No, no, no. the carne asada tacos. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. She's like, "Why don't you come over for a traditional family dinner?" And he was like, "Finally, carnitas." That goes in there, and it's a bunch of unleavened bread. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so no. Okay, so you're using logic. 
and that's cool, mm-hmm. and I get it. And right. I'm like, all right. right. But right. it's a Latina. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> Ain't no logic in that. I've heard, yeah. and I understand, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. But listen, it's part of the reason. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I get an erection for my wife, right? Because she's crazy. Side. There's yeah. a flip side right? to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I like. Okay. You got the fever. Right. I'm fucking eating hot peppers, and then I got a, a fucking tough. What? Hey, the point is, yes, so she, I am right, and in, in this very office where we're sitting. Well, you fucked up. Uh... Oh, I fuck. you have an opportunity to clean it up right now on air tonight. Oh, I right told now. her I was going to do that. Listen, yeah. this argument I recorded on film as she was yelling. And I'm like, listen, I'm recording this. The people need to hear this. Yeah. My fans need to hear And we're going to get to listen to it? She would not get, let me. Oh. I know. So How about if I took it out of your hand, the phone, and I do it myself? No, you because you already me. said that. And she's Latina. She, and she's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. Oh, no. I'm a lawyer. She's yeah, a lawyer. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is my law firm. Yeah, Where yeah, we're yeah. sitting right no, now. No, no, yeah. I, I was it. just, hey, wait, if you can't Whoa. do it in the light of day, you shouldn't be doing it. So I she said, said she she said, You're married, you have a daughter, and you're saying that you're you're into another woman. And I, dude, I pulled out every shtick I had. Mm. I made jokes about it. I said, listen, this is just part of the show. I gotta, I gotta say that. And really, yeah. this was about Sean. That's not even about. I said yeah. two words. They said a thousand. What do you want me to? And I said to her, I go, listen, let me tell you something. I married you. I married you, and I had children with you, and I live with your mother. All right, because I love you. And she's like, that's what motherfuckers who cheat always say. Yeah. They go, you know what? I, I, yes, I did. Yes, I fucked you know, that old Eddie Murphy bit. But I'm in love with it. I said, babe. And then I put my arms around her. And I said, please take me back. I did uh, everything, so bro. You got all that patience and them skills. I don't have, dog. I put your arms out and walk her through it and rub her back and light some incense and then put some poochie oil on her, oh, baby. No, you know what, Mike? You know, I can't You know that. what got me around the corner on this one? What? I go, God damn, baby, thank you for, I love you so much because you're still jealous. You're still jealous, and I love that. But you see how you know to, like, put your arm around her? Yeah. Look her in the eye? Yeah. When she says go, you don't go because you know it means opposite. <laughs> you know, all those little things, you know, like, I, I, I don't have any way to, like, deal with that. I, get, I go from, like, if, as soon as I hear something like that, yeah. I go completely the listen, other way. Listen, no, fuck you. You know, like I'm not even gonna have this. Like, but yeah, you, but but you, listen. you have a marriage and you and you you communicate and you do the right things. No, listen. Other. Part of me is entertained by it. I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, part of me is a little entertained by it. She didn't take it too 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 far, right? This is part of you know. I don't think people fully they know on an intuitive, instinctive level that this is going on, but I don't think that they necessarily consciously understand this. But part of what goes on between everybody, but lovers and whoever else, right, is a, a, an agreement, a social contract that's unspoken. This is why sometimes when you say things like, ah, oh, pick up the check, even though you don't got a dollar in your pocket and the other guy's the rich guy, mm-hmm. you still offer knowing full well he's going to say, no, 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 you're going to mm-hmm. do a little bit of an argument and then he's going to take the check. Mm-hmm. And the agreement is sort of like, I'm respecting the fact that I'm not entitled for you to pay for the lunch. I'm not acting like that. Right. You're understanding that I'm broke, and it would be kind of a little greasy for you to say, well, well let's just draw a line down the middle. Right, and, right. and then you're also kind of agreeing at that moment that when luck favors you and you've got some extra cash in your pocket and the shoe's on the other foot, you're not going to make the poor guy pay for it. That's all that unsaid shit is right. part of that discussion. Right. Which is why someone's considered a real fucking asshole if the broke guy goes, hey, I'll pick up the... And they go, okay, great, thanks. 
right? right? And then the, the lawyer with the suit walks out. Now you'd be like, what a fucking asshole. Right. He's not a real guy. So that also goes with love relationships, right? When you're married and you have a wife or whatever it is, you, you're a part of a relationship, so you're going to put in the, the, the energy required to win her love back. And you're going to let her know that you appreciate that she still gets jealous because that's really what it's about. Do you care about whether or not she's going to be jealous? And is it going to mean something to you? And are you going to at least no one's going anywhere, but are you at least going to put in the effort uh, to win her love back? And that and that's those are the notes you have to hit in that scenario in order to establish with her that you still love her after children and everything. She's more important to you than anybody else. Mm. That's mm. it. And you're saying, I don't got that. I don't, yeah, I don't. Like, if you don't get that and we're here, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't have time to Do, sit here and break it down to you over and over and over again. I, I, I'd rather spend my, our, our, the, our lives doing something other than that. Right. Well, that's not on a constant. But, that's not on a. I know. <laughs> I'm taking everything and blowing it up a little bit. You just have far more. Um, you're you're just more healthy in communication, and Part- you're and you're in love, dude. And this is the mother of your kid. It's like all the right reasons. I'm I'm certainly not in those positions. She, and listen, I want to tell you something else. Part of my job is dealing with personalities and trying to figure out how to get information out of them. Remember with Bernice, you guys were like, "How the fuck did you?" Right? Figure that. But listen, listen, listen. I'm going to interrupt you. Go ahead. Because that, it sounded one way, and I do want to say that. I do practice and I get to practice this stuff with my daughter. Right. Although it's difficult sometimes. That was in the Mark Torres show. You talked a a lot about how much your daughter means to you. Well, right. And it's not always naturally easy. Right. That's something that in a dynamic of a relationship with a woman, I haven't been able to execute. But with my daughter, I certainly do and can. Right. But and and it's what's interesting is that your daughter is in the generation of it's appropriate for her to be needy to you. Absolutely. If it's a, an, a pure adult, which is your wife or your mother or older relative. Yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah, appropriate. Right. But from your daughter. Absolutely. It makes sense. 100% right. In my wife. Listen. And so also the other part of it is, is I like to practice counter arguments and other ways of reframing the issue because it helps me in everything. This show, the job, blah, 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 blah. So when she said, what if? Because women love to go to the daughter. Whenever a male fucks up, right, they go, well, what if that was your daughter? That's our right, go-to. That's the new shit. Because right? you can't. It's like, right. oh. Yeah, you're right. pinned. So I already know I'm in the corner on the ropes when mm. she goes to that, right? And what if you had a daughter? And what if her husband on the podcast said he was into another woman? Would you want that? And I was, I was, I was hemmed in there for a second. And I go, yes, I would. And she goes, what? I go, yes, I would. If he... Was a successful attorney with a successful podcast, and he was able to say in a joking fashion, in an entertaining way, that he was into another woman uh, because he was bringing home the bread to provide for his family. Goddamn right, I would say he should say that. And she was like, dumbfounded. She had right. nothing to say to that. Uh, and then that's when the reunification started. There you go. Very good. All right. Now, <laughs> anger's back. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Anger. Oh, wait. I got to drive to Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Before you do that, I got one um, quick thing. I got one go ahead, quick thing. Go ahead. Uh, a listener, uh, Arma Sour Grapes, had a question. And his question was, um, can he, he asked us if, if you would, sir, 
if you could, I mean, if you can't, you can't. Mm -hmm. What is a tag banger? What is a tag banger? That was the question. Um, I mean, tag banging was a thing that went down in the early 90s, I guess. Okay. More so. Yeah. Um, and it was... And it was a... Um, it was just a, I think it was people, is, is the mic moving? Am I tripping or what? No, just don't ignore the mic because Sean's handling it. Okay. So, um, I mean, from my perspective, I guess there were graffiti crews back in the early 90s that kind of, um, well, who doesn't kind of hang out and have friends that are gangsters? Right. 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 And so taggers hung out with people that were gangsters. They started to formulate their own selves as gangsters. Got it. And they uh, started to put 13 next to their names. Okay. And they started to get into it with other tag crews and right. act like gangsters. Right. And at some point, <clears throat> there was, I think, a lot of um, resistance from other people that felt like they didn't, they needed to choose to become a gangster yeah, or just be a tagger. Yeah. And, um, I can remember in the 90, in the early nineties that there were things that happened that made it so that those smaller gangs, so smaller tag banger gangs had to become part of that neighborhood or had to actually become a gang. And I don't think tag banging is such a, thing these days it definitely exists right but it's not as big as it was in the early 90s got it and that's and that's because other people at the end of the line they depict what you can and can't do okay arma yeah. sour grapes there you go hey what is your thought on banksy cool for him what is your thought on shepherd perry i don't wear obey shirts i love it you got any uh uh but he's cool. He's like, you know, he's a cool dude. Like whenever I've met him, he's always been respectful and like been like, oh, like if I went to a show or whatever, he was like, hey, what's up, man? Cool. I've never seen Banksy before, but I've heard that he was a he was a fan of CBS. You okay. Know, from some of my crew members who correspond with him. Mona Lisa, masterpiece or overhyped piece of shit? Um, the actual painting. Oh, I would never diss Mona Lisa. It's one of my son's favorite pieces. My son, my older son is really into all the masters or was when he was younger. Really? And Mona Lisa was one of his favorites. I yeah. fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. Have so, you guys had a chance to go see it yet? The Mona Lisa, I don't think so. In the Louvre? No. Okay. No. In the Louvre. In the, in the Louvre. In the Louvre. Uh, so why don't you go back to your uh, spray pine and uh, make it your art? Uh, what else, Steve? Where are we at? He's got to go. No, no, no. I, don't, I, I was saying uh, I was going to stand up because I was going to drive. I got and it. I already started to feel the... Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I was going to get older. That's get right. My, you got to let the blood, blood going. Get yeah. the blood flowing. Yep. What happened? Um, what was going on, bro? You were getting into some trouble. I was getting into trouble, and I, some days I feel like I want to get into more trouble. Right. But I, I, hold, <laughs> I hold back on it. Mm -hmm. I hold don't back on it. All right. Sure. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I think Steve is talking about a, a situation that happened in um, probably 1992, summertime. Um, in those years, I was definitely doing um, 
I was smoking. I was drinking. Yeah. And I was doing hallucinogenics. Yeah, what kind? Um, some acids, some shrooms. Yeah. yeah. I love and, acid. And um I love shrooms. Yeah. I probably looking back on it should have not been doing them. Mm. Oh. I'm probably it. looking yeah. back yeah. on it. My yeah. mind was not sorted correctly. There wasn't um my my files were not all correctly in, in tow, right? Yeah. And um I definitely had like some weird trips at times. Some dark trips? Some dark ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. And um I got through them. But this one time we um me and my buddy Mir and Link, we went and got some acid down at Venice Beach. We're from Hollywood, so we rode our bikes. We um we scored some acid. We started riding our bikes up uh, PCH and um, started having a bad trip right around then. And um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Tell us about the bad trip. <laughs> basically, what happened was uh, I ended up having a bad trip and I ended up getting into a fight with an undercover. Not with an undercover uh, cop. Oh. Sorry. I ended up getting into a fight with a cop that was trying to arrest me because I um, was acting like a a, a, a lunatic, mm. you know? What, what, is, what does a lunatic act like? Tell us what you were doing, my friend. Um, a lunatic probably has his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> a lunatic might be sagging just a little bit. Mm. Yeah. A lunatic might be big and menacing. Menacing, menacing. Um, a lunatic might have a distinct look in his eyes, eyes. a menacing look look at that laugh was a menacing laugh my right, friend exactly uh so <laughs> um no so i i mean i got into it with a bunch of motherfuckers i just that's what ended up happening i started looking at people and i felt like everybody was mad dogging me everybody was against me more than they were for me you know and those things were there before that i had seen before where i like I said, I shouldn't have pro- probably been in that position, but I did. I did it. And um, so I, I ended up taking five hits. I ended five up, yeah. um, you oh, know, boy. in a position where the cop was trying to arrest me. Um, What's when, it, can you describe the experience of being arrested and on five hits of acid? What, like, to you, did it seem like the handcuffs were made out of rubber i mean like what was it it's coming oh i love it it's all coming. right go ahead so this happened uh this happened not at sunset and pch but in, is it entrada yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. right there where all the volleyball courts yep, are yeah. yeah i really started having a bad trip going north at the chart house yeah that's when it went weird all right but it went weird right before that when we s- were sitting on the rocks where the path ends. We're smoking a joint, looking out into the ocean. Everything's yeah. chill. Right. We just had a dope ride. Everything's good. We climb up the rocks, and there's a um, RV. And if you've done acid before, you know that things look more okay. embellished. Yeah. And um, it caught my eye, and I was wondering why the RV is here. 
why would somebody be living in this RV? It was like really tattered. It was really old. Um, and I needed to explore. Right. So I jump, I, I walk into the RV and my boys are telling me not to do it, mm -hmm. but I walk in anyways. And yes. I, I start looking around and I get into the back of the RV and the guys who living in the RV, he comes into the RV as I'm in there mm -hmm. and he's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And I'm like, what? Fuck, dude. You know, just, you know kind of, I think, jostle with him a little yeah. bit. You right. know what I mean? Get out of the RV, jump on our bikes. We cross across PCH. Traffic's fucking honking. People are fucking... Ah, we get across, start riding up to Chart House. Yeah. As I come in up to Chart House... Chart House. We... <clears throat> for some reason, we want to turn around and go back down south. When we do that, there's a German Shepherd oh. tied up at the... Uh, chart house yeah and the german shepherds like barking and all the everything that had all just happened just jumbled up the the mind yeah at that time and we start riding back down south and then we get to a certain point where we're back on the path <clears throat> the cement path not the path of righteousness definitely a path a path and um you know Along the way, that's when I started to have more eye contact with people. And probably the menacing person that I looked like, that's why I was getting the weird looks, looking back on it, just thinking maybe. <clears throat> Anyways, there was an incident with a guy, and I think that dude pulled out a machete on me. Okay. And then, like, my boys were able to be like, dude, the homie's tripping. And then, then the next thing happened, some dude looked at me, and I kicked his bike. And then that dude took off and went and got the cop. Cop rolls up, and he starts, I, he puts me up against the car, and he tells me, you know, starts asking me questions. And I think I'm probably just off in La La Land. I'm, you know, looking out into the water. Yeah. And I'm, I'm out there. Yeah. <clears throat> at that point, at some point, he realizes that I'm out there. Right. And he goes to grab me. When he grabs me, I shook. You know what I mean? And I just shook him off of me. And I start going, and we start going at it. Because he's trying to wrestle me. Man. And I'm trying to not let him do what he wants me to do and I feel um, the Sherman Shepherd reminded me of Terminator and Terminator remember when the shepherds right yeah the dogs bark because it's the Terminator yeah. and so I had I almost had this feeling like I was almost like the Terminator yeah. you know what I mean yeah, and I could I and this. I could read I could read into people's thoughts and yeah. feelings right. and that transitioned <sighs> into when I started to go up with the cop I felt like I could see his arm moving before it moved mm -hmm. and I was able to like like almost be in the matrix <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah yeah I love it and that led him even more so not to be able to arrest me because he was able I guess he took out his baton and he, you know, tried to hit me with it, you know, might have hit me and I blocked it, whatever it was. It was like made out of There rubber. was this guy, Country. I don't know if you knew a country at all. Yeah, black, black dude. Country? Yeah. I he know. was there. Yeah. 
So he Jimmy. told me some, yeah, Jimmy. He was there and he saw some of the shit and he was like, dude, he's like, you were in it, dude. Yeah. And so what my homies told me, what I can remember, everything up from 92 until now, this is kind of like my, what I've brought together in my thoughts. What, are they all perfectly online? Probably not. I was on five <laughs> hits of acid, okay. right? Um, so it ends up that he, uh, the cop, basically pulls out his gun and he shoots me um he hit me my fir the first bullet went uh right here let's see right next to my belly button he's sh he's shown his belly button there's also scars mm -hmm. and uh oh, the second bullet when i got hit right there grabbed my stomach it went through my arm right there yeah came back out and then went in right there all right mm -hmm. So right. anger's showing us multiple bullet scars in his stomach, and then and then uh, and I can I can and he's doing nice. belly, he's doing belly rolls now. Nice, bro. He's Some doing, quarters on there. He's doing roll. belly rolls. He's pretty good. <laughs> All Did right, you so, learn that in India? Belly dancing. Uh, oh, no. that no, one. Not, that, not, how many shots? Yeah. Wait, wait. Go back to what's it like to be shot on acid, man, with a gun? It's coming. We're good okay. there. All right. Um, there's another one. Oh shit! Look at that. And this is the this is the last this is the third bullet and the last bullet and that one hit me down. And um, so three. It's three bullets. If I can remember when I was waking up, I was face down, and I remember looking up in the uh, well. I remember hearing helicopters. When I lifted up, I remember f looking up and seeing, um, shit, I saw sand, blood, um, people, like just craziness around me, yeah. feeling like, um, feeling like a fish out of water. Yeah. That's how I felt, you know, uh -huh. just felt like I was like, like I got, oh, come back, like I had come back from something. Um. Like, I feel like I was supposed to be gone that day. And oh. I had, like, a, a bigger purpose in life. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't know what it was at that time. Uh -huh. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I've, I mean, I, all I can remember is the feeling of being a fish out of water. Uh -huh. But then somebody grabbing my arms again because I'm laid down on my stomach and I and I start to fight it again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I, I believe I was able to fight it so much that they had to they had to put the handcuffs on me here in the front in the front. Um, I think at that point I probably passed out again. OK, because the next one I remember is uh, <clears throat> I was in the ambulance and when you get shot, they put you in a pressure suit, right? Right. So it's like that. The suit, the um, when they put the thing on your arm, like yeah. a tourniquet. Yeah. yeah. But and a full body tourniquet. Full, when they full do body your blood one. pressure. Yeah. Exactly. So I re I remember waking up like a mummy. The, yeah, waking up in the sorry, I'm waking up in the ambulance. I look up, and I'm like, I just, you know, bust up. Like I bust out and I guess I opened up the suit 
And then the dude, I can remember his face. He looked like a, like when, uh, like an older kind of chubby dude with like a walrus mustache. Right. And like, might have been a grayish hair. I can't remember. But he was like, hey, he's like, you got to, like, he was just like, you got to chill. Like, you got to get, get down, you know? And he pushed me back down. <laughs> that was it. Like, I, I passed out again, I think. Um, shit. I tell this story often, but I don't really, I just tell it as a matter of fact. I don't like go into the emotional mm -hmm. aspect what, angle of it. What gives um, it so much emotional charge for you? I got to live 27 years. Yeah. Overwhelming I got two, gratitude. I got two, yeah, man, I got two fucking great kids. I got a great wife. I got like... I got to fucking live. I mean, that's just could have missed all. Could have missed all that. Huh? Yeah, I could have missed, missed all that. Could have just been that. You know, it could have been something you you never even met. Because because in you, that sense, the you best, know, not you, but just yeah. anybody. And 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 and, so, and how many people have died <clears throat> with less? Died because of, like, get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, it's incredible, bro. This guy that he that he's sitting here. Man, I don't even know, bro. Oh, so meaning, meaning that the best part of his life was able to happen because you didn't die, right? Right. Oh, that's no what education. You... I was listening to. I was hearing the Floyd. Uh, I, we're still got it going. I switched. All right. To, I switched to breathe just because I feel like that's better for the mood. Breathe. Okay, so you pass out again. It was the big chubby guy in the ambulance with the walrus mustache? Was that Big Tim? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Maybe. But I just remember like that, you know, he wanted me, he just wanted me to like, he's like, it's for the best of you, mm -hmm. the best. Anyway, so let's see, um, I wake up, I'm in UCLA hospital, um, I wake up and the nurse tells me that I've been shot and that I just went through surgery. Probably, I think I passed out again. Yeah. Um, I think the next time I woke up, my mom was there. And um, I had long hair, kind of like yours. Probably even a little bit longer. Okay. Because I was Sikh. So I used to wear my stuff up in the turban. Right. At my longest, my hair was down to my below my ass. Okay. You know, probably at this point, a little shorter. Got ponytail up to here, but still big mane, kind of like an Aussie fucking fro mane. Yeah. So my mom was there. She was cleaning my hair. She was giving me a bath. Um, fuck, I was... Uh, Just like when you were a baby. Yeah, weird. It was like a weird... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a weird um, whirlwind of a situation. Uh, do I remember too much from UCLA? Not too much. Um, other than that, they took me to the county hospital from UCLA because I was a convicted... I was convicted of a crime, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or multiple crimes. Um, they put me up into the 17th floor? Yeah, 18th? you were the hospital. You went to the hospital, hospital board. Is that, like, yeah. the top floor, right? Yeah, 17. Yeah. So I went up there. I was there for two weeks recovering. Um, this thing was probably that big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like, 
that feels weird having to because I had to end up cleaning it like the nurses were cleaning it taking just, care of just, it just so Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds know uh, Anger's talking about the surgery scar yes, wound that went down the front that he looks a little bit like that split top bread with they put the butter on it's it called a zi- it's called the LA zipper yep LA zipper. <laughs> it's an LA, LA zipper, zipper. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've met many I have many brothers and uh, uh, yep. a lot of brothers I don't know how many sisters but a lot of brothers in, in LA have a California this. zipper yeah yep. yeah there you go um <laughs> So uh, I'm there for a few weeks. I mean, uh, you know, had to learn how to, you know, how to taking a shit was like a big deal, you know, because they gave me some lax. I hadn't shit in like maybe a week or week and a half, something like that. They gave me something to help me. And I remember, you know, sitting there just waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and I remember like the brothers fucking, you know, whoever it was that was in there, they were like, Hey dude, come on. You know, everybody got up, help me get over to the (laughs) toilet. Just like taking the biggest fucking camote I've ever fucking taken. Was it a relief? It was everything. It was, yeah, I don't know. Let me ask you something. You got shot with a nine millimeter. Yes, sir. And you know what, what did it break any bones? No, really? No. No, man, because those are two shots straight in his gut. Yeah, did they take out any portion of your yeah. intestine? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have different parts of my intestine that are taken out. I think it's my large intestine. Um, up until what was this, 2000, maybe 2010, 2009, sometime around there, I always had a like a shooting pain when I would bend uh-huh. over and uh. They found a piece of shrap- uh, shrapnel, shrapnel left yeah. in there, and it was sticking up that way. So I couldn't, like, I would, I would. Right, it started to surface. Yeah, yeah they, I got it at home. They took it out. You that do, happened. you got it at home. Yeah, I think it's. Um, this is a drainage scar. I think it's down here. Yeah, there it is. Somewhere down there, there's a little scar that they where they took it out, brother. So, Anyways. so, yeah, so, you, so you, 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 you know, we get sometimes I lose a little bit of sight. Uh, uh, de- side or depth on, I don't know I don't know our perception of this stuff because we've had different people in here that have been shot you know multiple times mm-hmm. really. but you know when someone when a cop standing in front of you and, and unloads his 9 millimeter puts 3 in you in front of him yeah Ain't from down the street, bro. He's like right in front of you. Oh, right. gets, point blank. It, it, gets, blank. Be- it gets better. It, 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 that's, that's motherfucking and you're still around to talk about it you just ain't so ain't a lot of people around the top five. So worlds collide, right? Okay. Worlds collide. Um I I I go down to um USC. I'm there for a few weeks as they're trying to ship me down to county mm-hmm. L- men's men's jail. Men's county jail. <laughs> they're lining me up. So I'm holding on to uh <laughs> yeah, your little right. wheel thing, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I'm holding on to that, and I'm walking, and I'm like, and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to clean your own shit, and you're gonna." And then all the homies are like, "Dude, it's all dirty there. It's gonna get all infected and shit." And I'm uh, like, "Oh fuck!" And I'm sitting in the waiting room, dude. Yeah. And I'm looking down, uh, or at the wall, I'm looking at graffiti and shit like that, and I see Chaka up, and uh, Chaka at that time, you know, was a perli- you know, he's a LA bomber, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I had met that kid in the streets, and I was like, oh, that's fresh. It's a fucking Chaka tag, whatever, right? And then they're like, all right, White Crow, get up. I'm like, all right. I'm you know, getting up. I'm getting out to go in line. And then uh, another another sergeant calls me or whatever, officer, and he's like, hey, White Crow, come on, let's go. And my uh, my 
at the time I was dating this girl named Katya and Katya was, uh, you know, her dad was, um, an executive at universal and they knew a lot of people. They had a lot of good friends clout. When I got shot, my girlfriend Katya, she had went to crossroads, uh, high school in Santa Monica, Santa Monica. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, she was on like a the, uh, she was graduating, so she was going on a vision quest. That's what they did because they were kind of a that type of school, right? Okay. And she was out in the mountains up in Santa Barbara somewhere, going on this vision quest. Right. While I was getting shot down in L.A. Right. So she comes back and they rally with my mom and they have a prayer session with my mom and all my friends came there, prayed for me and all that shit. And you know, probably a large reason why I'm here is because I had a great support system people that loved me people that wanted to invest their time into me right so i end up being um let out of jail and then my uh my lawyer was peter ross and peter ross was a kick-ass attorney and peter ross basically knew everybody at the santa monica courts right and i guess if you know people, you can get things done. Right. Peter Ross was able to get things done. He was able to talk to the judge. The judge was able to see, like, you come from, you got good, you, people love you. You know what I mean? And, right. and that's yeah, what the judge people. said to me. People, yeah. The judge was like, hey, I'm going to give you 500 hours community service. He's like, I'm not going to send you to jail because you got good support system. You already almost paid for your all your crimes with your life. Right. He's like, your, your community service is going to be working um, – with the cops. So I ended up, um, they took me down. I went down to uh, Alvarado and Beverly. There's Lake Street. Lake mm-hmm, Street, mm-hmm. right over there, there's a little substation. It's like a fire fire department where the fire... Um, it's not far from the Mayfair Hotel, actually. Right. It's down in that area. Okay. And I ended up rolling in there, you know what I mean? And I was like, hey, I'm here to, you know, do my community service. Um, you know, I... I consider myself to be a, 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 a jovial, happy dude, and I get along with people, and I'm able to create conversation, and that's what ended up happening there. It's just like I realized that cops were just regular old dudes. Right. Not that bad. People that too. That the NWA song was kind of had their reason, but right. it, that's not my reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, these cops were hella cool. They would let me come in. Work for two hours, three hours. They were like, "Hey, white crew, don't don't sweat too much. Come up, have some coffee, hang out, mm-hmm. invite me on bike rides." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Dude, why are you guys so nice to me?" I was like, "Dude, look what happened. Look at my charge. You guys don't have to be nice to me." Mm. And they're like, "Yeah, but like, you're okay though. You you survived it, and you're here, and you're mm. you know what I mean. And like, we're not going to be mean to you because you got into a situation when you were on it." You were on drugs, right? And you're like, yeah, I was on drugs. They're like, cool, whatever. Right. Why are you sweating us? And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just, I don't know. I'm used to like not getting as much love from you guys. Dude. Right. And right. they're just like, yeah, but that's not everybody. All of us aren't bad guys. You know what I mean? A lot of guys, we're just, we're just trying to make money. And we're just trying to fucking. Everyone's just trying to make right? their way in the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I ended up, it's, I mean, the weirdest thing now today if you go to my house and you walk out of my house, directly across the street is Tony, and he's a motorcycle cop. Metal dude, loves fucking metal. Mm. We get along fucking great. Has tattoos all over, super mm-hmm. chill. He knows about my graffiti, 
doesn't fucking care. He's like, oh, whatever. Right. Right up the street, another cop. Down the street was Maria, who her daughter picks up my kids and takes them wherever they need to go to. I go to cop parties. I hang out with sheriffs. Sounds and like they're like, sounds and like I walk, Lancaster. And I, and I walk in with a, with a you know graffiti shirt on, and like they're like, you know, and yeah. I just crack them. I just right. crack them, and I'm just like, I just act normal to them, and they don't sweat. Right. You know, and I'm just, I think it's really how you, I think it's how you interact with people that is going to make your path an easier path in this world, you know? And so like today, like when I'm sorry, but everybody's yelling a cab, but they didn't even put in no work for a cab. You know what I mean? It's Mm. just a, it's just a slogan that they wear a shirt of. It's just, it's just a saying that they write on the wall. But a cab is actually when you go at the police and assault them and fucking take them down. To me, that's ACAP. Right. You know what I mean? And and the the strict saying by itself is like, all cops are bastards. Uh, can we say some? You know what I mean? Can we change it a little bit? Clearly, it's never going to be 100%. You know? Right. Any more than any other race or group or club right. is 100% all one thing, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a weird, I mean, it's a weird life is, is what I'm saying. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to uh, share my emotions with you guys here. Uh, we Thank love you. It. Thank Man, you for having bro. me. Yeah. Yeah, you like, really, you, I not mean, that I need to jam out. I'm, I'm no. just saying, like, I appreciate, no, I appreciate you guys. I really, really, bro, uh, it says a lot about who you are, but watching you tell us a story, man, and let your guard down and really let the listeners and us That's a hear your story, man. That's sacred. Like, it is, bro. It is, that is sacred, bro. Thank That's you. not something. Uh, we do a lot of shows, and, and I love having great shows, and, and shows are just the person's journey, man. And the more that they can let down their guard in your situation... This is a life. This is like a close to death outer body experience, thing, yeah. bro. This is like you almost aren't here. Yeah. So I know that there's there's got to be so much in that, and I also feel like it's 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 important, man. Um, there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in you. Thank you. Obviously, there's a lot of value in that experience, and hopefully, you know, a little bit of what we say here. Maybe there's some people that don't have to get shot to realize, you know, yeah. there's a big life and we just don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what life looks like. We got to show up, man. You're you know, showing up. Bro. You know what, man? I, you know, don't kill the wrong guy. <laughs> don't uh, get the wrong guy killed. Sorry. I was, you know, I'm listening to this story. And I'm listening to Steve, and I try to understand what Sean says. And I also listen to all the other people that have come through here. And I think about what the show is. And I think about what it is that we're trying to do and our lack of production meetings and all that shit. Yes. And I feel like Anger's story, what he's just presented to us, is so much bigger than like um, a principle that you can pull from it. Because like every time you pull a principle from that story, from Anger's story especially, it almost reduces the fact that life is a chaos. I mean, they're really it's bigger than all of the wisdom principles. You, the wisdom principles aren't necessarily wrong, right. but they're a rule of thumb that apply in general <clears throat> situations. But life's always going to throw us things that are beyond that. And I want to say that anger 
a lot of times he was saying when he got when the emotion started to well up in anger in his story was when he was talking about feeling like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And, um, you know, and that it sounds simple. And I know everyone's like, I already know this. But you think about fishes, you know, their natural environment is the water. So when they're pulled out of it, they're they're in another world and they feel like they're suffocating. And he's saying, I'm feeling like a fish out of water. Everyone's kind of like against me. I feel like I might depart this world at this point in time, which eventually that's what fish out of water do. They die. If they're out of that water long enough, they're dead. Mm. Mm. And he got emotional because he got pulled back into the water. And I was thinking about, you know, anger before he was called anger and, you know, having to be moved out of his, his toddler environment moved into New Mexico. There he's a fish out of water. And then I don't know exactly what happens in New Mexico, but before he can get fully accustomed to that, he's in India. And maybe he never, and there he's a fish out of water again. So when I'm, and I'm thinking about what anger's telling us towards the end here where he's starting to feel like, I don't know if I can judge any group 100%, and I don't know if anyone else should too because I entered the world of the police. Uh, through a back door and I found out that they're people too and for a minute I was a fish out of water there as well and so I think about that and I think you know it's so sacred to me the way anger's story came out that I don't want to put too much of uh, what you need to take away from this other than the listener should experience this and just allow whatever arises in them to come to them and have it mean that, you know, I don't, I, 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 that was a real story. That was a real journey. Yeah. I think you definitely hold the record on racking up the most mileage on a young kid under the age of 15. In terms of like all the experiences. Uh, places he went. Yeah. And I've got well, it. Alaska to what? New Mexico. Yeah. To New Mexico, to, to India. India. Back to New Mexico, I LA. Mean, you know, India. Yeah. And I got to tell you. Preteen you know, India? I mean, <laughs> I was in India when I was 14 with my dad. Okay. And it wasn't the same situation. Did you have to live there in a boarding home? Oh, no. Absolutely oh, okay. not. But I was in Missouri. Right. That's dope. Right. And I ate with. Weird. I ate. Imagine if your dad would have just taken this place and been like, you ate here and taken off and left you there for four years. Uh, my mom did do that. No. In India. No, listen way. listen to what I'm saying. Missouri, when I was in Missouri, I had dinner. Now, my dad was fucked up in a lot of ways, but my dad was also cool in a lot of ways. Somehow that guy had the fucking wherewithal to figure out who were Tibetan soldiers who escorted the Dalai Lama out of Tibet. Right. And he found them in Missouri. Missouri is a place also in, badass. in India where... The exiles of uh, it's one of the ways places where some of the exiles from Tibet settled. Okay, so when China started taking over uh, Tibet, they wanted to get their hands on the Dalai Lama, Mm -hmm. right? And the Dalai Lama was escorted out. So we were sitting there having these noodles Mm -hmm. on the floor with old Tibetan soldiers who were telling the story. And the crazy part is, is and they had. Fake Dalai Lamas going in different directions. Really? Oh, shit. I swear to God. And 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 at that time, the Chinese had like military artillery. The Tibetan soldiers were still on horseback. 
And so they were escorting the Dalai Lama out, and they were seeing these huge artillery explosions near them. They didn't know what they were. The Tibetan soldiers had never seen that before. They thought it was magic. Yeah, that's what he told me. He's like, we thought it was, we had no idea what that was. Until they got him out of that and into India. And then eventually uh, Nepal and all those other places. But yeah. that's the experience I was having in Missouri, probably near a time when you were there. In, in the 80s? Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, yeah, I was there from 81 to 85, I think. Actually, I probably I probably was there. I want to say like eighty nine ish. So I was there after you. But it's just amazing because how many people have been to Missouri or know what the fuck that is? It's crazy that you guys hit on that. And with that, it is about that. What time is that, my friend? Time to say thank you to Anger for driving out, man. Sharing your story, sharing. Uh, letting your guard down and letting us in. Word up, brother. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. Appreciate um, it. Where man. can we find you on Instagram? People want to uh, follow your art. AKA White Crow. AKA White Crow. Yep. AKA White Crow. I'm Correct. CBS. They, yes, sir. Keep an eye on this guy, you guys. Give him a follow. Word up. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, brother. Yeah. Thank Have a good you, my one. Man. Yeah. Adios, amigos.